So, hi everyone to this episode of, I don't even remember the number, uh, of Comedy Guy podcast um, with Lewis. And I'm here with Kasper Kikapil again. How are you doing, Kasper? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. All right, cool, man. So, this episode is, I hope, actually, I sound weird in my own headphones. I'm sorry. I'm freaking out, everybody. Here's why I'm freaking out. Because this is a different sort of episode. I wanted to read a book to you, kind of, to, to talk to you about something from a book. It's not a book report. Oh, my God. But I have pages and pages of information in front of me like it's a book report. I wanted to talk to you. There's a book called The War for Late Night. Uh, by a guy called Bill Carter. And this book is all about uh, Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien and the late night shows that they had and currently have in the United States. And you may recognize Jay Leno. Uh, He's the old guy with the gray hair and the big chin. Conan O'Brien, most people know who that dude is these days. And the way that they had these, the way they made their names and their careers were these late night shows. And so every night, uh, there's like a late, there's maybe something like 11.30 is the main one, then there's a 12 o'clock one, and then there's a 1 o'clock one, and there can be a lot of these, and these are big things, and they happen every night, and it's a new show every night, a late night talk show. You probably got some idea what the fuck a late night talk show is. I think we get that, don't we, Casper? I think we're good. So, but there's a whole controversy uh, around that, that because it's all like it's almost like a strategy. We're going to have one main guy and then we've got a secondary guy. But if he becomes too much of a star, what do we do with him? He's going to move to another network. And there's a lot of this showbiz politics that goes on. And something that a lot of people have heard a little bit about is the controversy with the way Conan O'Brien kind of got shafted for his job by Jay Leno. And basically what happened was Jay Leno was part of The Tonight Show. The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Jay said he was going to retire. He retired for a while, but that wasn't really working out for Jay. So then through a whole bunch of maneuvers, and I'm really super simplifying it, it ended up after all this that Conan was out and Leno was back in doing The Tonight Show. And that was on a network called NBC in America, one of the big main ones. And that's why Conan now, uh, eventually he ends up on TBS. And TBS is just a cable, this is like a really kind of smaller channel in America. It's just a cable channel, but everyone's got it. And so Conan ended up there and now he runs Team Coco and he's like as big as he is right now, particularly with young kids. And Jay Leno in the past years has retired. So there's a fantastic book about this called The War for Late Night and it's really long and it took me forever to read it because I'm fucking retard. And I thought that we would talk about stuff in this book to try to explain the situation and I've also focused a lot on the management shit. So shit about contracts, shit about deals, that clauses in contracts is the shit that gets me hard, right? So you can do this, but you can't do that. And how Jay Leno, you know, they first he had a deal called pay or play, which means the network pays you the money and either you're on the air or if the network decides you're off the air, guess what, Jack? You're fucking off the air and there's nothing you can do because the executives decided it, but you still get paid. That's called pay or play. I'm going to talk about that and the way those deals work fucking will blow your mind and the weird shit that both of these guys do because half from the money half from their art is what we're going to all right Casper, that was my big opener so you've been you you kind of read the book and you were coming at this from a slightly different angle from me no absolutely i've read parts of the book i haven't covered the book yet it, yeah the parts that i've read are really good but also there's a lot of material on on internet right you can just find so many documentaries about it you can find articles 
even timelines, all that stuff. So mm. the whole fiasco is is really really interesting, and it covers two really really big and different personalities as well. Sure. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting listen. All right, I'm going to start now with a completely abstract paragraph that I'm going to read out, and this is from. This is when Conan got shafted, when Jay Leno's comeback, basically, and in the eyes of the world, I'm not saying that's how it really was, shafted Conan O'Brien, and he's out of a job, he's decided to walk away, and this is a letter that, part of a letter that he just publicly released, which, by the way, he entitled it, People of Earth, which is a great way to title your your letter, you're saying, but he kind of goes, last Thursday, NBC executives told me they intended to move tonight's show to 12.05 to accommodate the Jay Leno show at 11.35. For 60 years, The Tonight Show has aired immediately following the late local news. I sincerely believe that delaying The Tonight Show into the next day to accommodate another comedy program will seriously damage what I consider to be the greatest franchise in the history of broadcasting. So we're hearing already Conan like values the traditions. He values... There's this thing called the Tonight Show, and in his mind, it's this greater-than-life program, and it's a life of its own. It's a tradition of these words that he uses. He talks about almost like it's a holy ceremony to be happening, and his problem is is that they are moving. He is with the Tonight Show. This is the main show, but they're moving him back from 11.35 to 12.05, and he in this is declaring that this is breaking the tradition of that show so badly, so much, that it's blowing his mind. And that, I think, sounds really fucking insane to a lot of us these days. No, it really does. I mean, Jay Leno himself has referenced it as a dynasty as well when he talks about The Night Show. So he sees it as a really valuable and noble thing as well. Mm. But he really hasn't put it on paper like Conan did when he was, well, kicked out, let's say it this way. Right, like that. Um, The Tonight Show at 12.05 simply isn't The Tonight Show. That's very interesting. Just so you move the time back back that, apparently moving it back half an hour. Also, I accept this move will be knocking The Late Show, which I inherited from David Letterman. So basically, whoever's in the show behind, everyone's getting pushed back. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying here. He inherited, that was his old show, which he inherited from Conan O'Brien. And he, he goes on, so it has come to this. I cannot express in words how much enjoy hosting this program and what an enormous personal disappointment it is for me to consider losing it. My staff and I have worked unbelievably hard and we are very proud of the contribution, the legacy, the legacy of The Tonight Show. But I cannot participate in what I honestly believe is its destruction. It's destruction because it gets moved back 30 minutes. Because Jay Leno is going to come up the front, be early on. So, this is, it, it seems like weird stuff to us. I'll, I'll finish Conan's comment. Some people will make the argument that with DVRs and the internet, a time slot doesn't matter. But with The Tonight Show, I believe nothing could matter more. <laughs> That's so fucking weird from a dude who has embraced the internet now. Yeah. Unless this shit just fucking snapped him completely. And then when they move to TBS and the Team Coco stuff they do now, I mean, it's bananas. It's everything is online. The clips, the things, they're super online. They kind of push that forward a lot. Yeah. And But just before he moves, he keeps talking about he's so stuck 
that this show has a tradition, this show, and that meant something to them. I'm going to open the window. Keep going. Yeah. Um, just to follow up on that, like, it is true. I mean, it has been, it has started 11.30 in the evening for 60 years. And uh, just to give a bit of reference what uh, Conan's background is, what I found really interesting, that uh, this guy graduated Harvard. Just, just to get some perspective, like he, he, he's serious about some stuff, right? And, uh, and his background is super strong. And I mean, if you go to Harvard already, that kind of shows something about you as well. What kind of education you already value. And that's, that sort of kind of plays into this as well. So mm. he takes this, uh, Conan's a smart guy. He's a really smart guy. Mm. He just plays a goofball, right? I mean, that's his whole character, mm. but just, uh, he values this time slot and he feels like it's part of the tonight show as well that's that spot it can't be in the next day it has to be tonight it has to be this day it has that to moment be. exactly so i guess we'll cut it back a little bit and I'll, I'll try to so why why do these shows exist so it all starts uh well america has had late night shows basically since the invention of the television in some form or another indeed that's what the first tv was a fucking bloke in front of a camera talking like oh welcome to television that was it <laughs> so we've always had that and then this so there was a the tonight show didn't start but it was founded and established by a dude called johnny carson and johnny carson is this fucking legend in the entertainment industry who i bet you no one in estonia has ever heard of he was the the host of the tonight show before jay leno and he was the host of the tonight show from 62 to 92 for 30 years, this dude was on TV three to four nights a week telling jokes about the day and interviewing. And he interviewed. He was the guy to get interviewed by. You go on the Johnny Carson show. You go on Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And so you've got 30 years. Every entertainer of this generation grew up with Johnny Carson. Every entertainer idolizes this fucking dude and his ability. And he made the, that, that late show format. There's a bit of a format, which is... They stand up, they tell jokes for like 10 minutes or do a monologue with some yeah. jokey jokes. Then they do a comedy sketch. Then they have guests. Then there's a musical number and bada boom, bada bing, that's your hour. They, he made that. Like he invented that formula and every Tonight Show, Jimmy Kimmel, Fallon, uh, you know, Jay Leno, even Letterman, they all followed that same basic structure in different ways. So he's, the Tonight Show is the fucking institution. Conan O'Brien, this young Irish lad, has grown up idolizing Johnny Carson. Like nothing more than sitting there every night and watching and thinking and, 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 and thinking that I want to do this too one day. But this seems like a crazy idea. Yeah, and we're gonna, probably going to get into that as well. But just his transition to like late night TV overall is really, really obscure. It's like mm. coming from as a writer not having any on-screen time before and then becoming a host of TV. Mm -hmm. uh, like, he didn't do the Tonight Show before he did the Late Night, uh, but still, just making that transition. Just, you go from Simpsons writer <laughs> to a TV host. Mm. And that's that's not the way it usually goes. Sure, as a writer. So, so Conan O'Brien, he did write for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So, he wrote for Saturday Night Live. And NBC. On NBC as well. And Saturday Night Live is, well, we all know, it's that sketch show every Saturday night. And it's like creator. It's one that made it is a, a dude's name is Lorne Lorn Michaels. 
And Lorne Michaels is probably the most influential person in TV. Uh, and he's not even a TV executive, but he's the, the guy, the director, the idea behind Saturday Night Live. And then he's basically had an executive producer role in every other thing that everyone from Saturday Night Live has ever done. Executive producer Seth Meyers, executive producer for uh, Amy Poehler's stuff, for all of Seth's stuff, for all of uh, Bill Hader, right? All those alumni, right? That's what he does, and that's why he's so influential. So, but he's already impressed Lorne Michaels. It's hugely yes. important to impress him. Then he's gone to The Simpsons, and that was the first writer that they took in outside of their original crew. So he was the first writer to actually get into the writing staff of The Simpsons. So he already mm. had a revolutionary career step there because every every writer wanted to be a part of Simpsons. The Simpsons were huge back then. True. And and they were different before he got there as well. And then he became a part of that. And that already seemed like a holy grail for a writer. Now he had done that for a bit. And then he got a chance to do the late night. He took over, I think he was 30 years old. And he, he just took Letterman late shows. Night. I want to just talk about, because it means something to me personally, like back then, to talk about Conan and The Simpsons. Um so I guess I first understood who Conan O'Brien was from The Late Show. Mm -hmm. We had just got, it was about 2000, we just got cable TV in Australia and all of a sudden we've got these shows and we're seeing this weird dude called Conan O'Brien and we think he's pretty fucking cool yeah. and he's doing crazy shit and we really like him and then my flatmate Jay points out to me and he says, hey, that episode of The Simpsons that we really like, you know Conan O'Brien wrote that and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and we had to get the VHS... And shit, we didn't have no on-demand back then. And we got it to the end and it was like said writer Conan O'Brien and we freaked the fuck out. And that episode is... Monorail. Monorail. Of course. Exactly. Monorail. <laughs> Monorail. <laughs> and when we immediately went back and watched Monorail five more times, right? 20 more times. Yeah. And it's just, it took on... So much more when you uh, when you thought of those lines coming from Conan, it was just like, oh, this episode gets so good. Like Homer enters the monorail train and opens up the signal box. There's a bunch of rats chewing at the wires, and his line is just, "I call the big one bitey." And oh, the simplicity and beautifulness of that—that's Conan. And, and I, I think that was like, I mean, we scoured like, what other episodes? What else has he done? What other, can we go over these back catalog of this crazy guy? So already back then, there's this guy. I mean, I didn't know who the fuck Jay Leno was then. I didn't know who those other guys were, but I knew who this crazy Conan O'Brien yeah. guy was. And I was like, oh, he's not writing on The Simpsons anymore? Oh, fuck that. So he already kind of had a thing for us. And yeah, sorry. Yeah, just sum it up. From Harvard. Oh, to yeah. To SNL. To SNL. To Simpsons. Mm. Now, that's a pretty impressive career already. And he's now 30 years old. Yeah. Just 30. And he hasn't been... Well, he did some bits in SNL on screen as well. But that wasn't like really written in there. He did side characters. But he mm. really didn't have airtime on his own yet. And now he becomes the host of a late night TV show. What gets me about Conan is that... The more that I read about, the more he's got that kind of thing that artists have, which is like, it's just like, they don't know what they want, but they know they have to do something else. Like, listen to this. In 1991, having established himself as one of the hottest writers on the show, Conan told Lorne Michaels, this is from Saturday Night Live, that he was quitting Saturday Night Live. 
While the decision didn't make sense because he had no other job, all Conan could think of was a salmon swimming upstream. They don't know why they're doing it. They just have to do it. For the vaguest of feelings was telling him he had to leave SNL and he had to get out of New York for a time and do whatever. So this dude's got it, right? He's yeah. This is the first time he shows that he doesn't know why, but he's just... And I think that's what tell when I know I when I see artists doing that I know they're a real artist like taking that jump and it's not like oh I've got the job and I'll make sure the next thing is super secure before I jump over to that. The artist has this thing of just going I don't I know I can't be here. Yeah. But I'm not sure what else I'm going to but I know that I'm not here so I'll just go and let the universe try and sort it out. And uh he keeps Doing that, and, and even with that letter that I, uh, the bits that I was reading from the letter after he said he's going to quit uh, um, the, the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. he hasn't got anywhere to go. He was very clever in that letter that he doesn't explicitly say he's quitting, but he has nowhere else to go. And indeed, when Conan sent this letter out and he says, hey, I'm quitting the Tonight Show, I'm not going to be a participant in his destruction, he has no other signing which basically what he means is he's giving away his hand to every other network. He's saying, I don't want to be at NBC. You're taking away a negotiation bargaining chip when you are coming to the next network because they're going to be saying, where the fuck else is going to go, Conan? you got nowhere else to go now, buddy. You're going to accept a reduced offer. But Conan, again, just puts himself forward and puts it out there for better or for worse. And things do turn out for him. And what did he do? That was later. That's when he went to TBS. No, but before that. Oh, before that. Who that was leaving SNL was one. No, no, no. Like right after the Tonight Show and before doing TBS, he did something really, really weird as well. What was it? Wait. He went, he did a tour in US with 45 shows that were all sold out, big theaters. Oh. The legally prohibited to be funny tour. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And he just put on a show (laughs) and just wanted to do that just for 45 gigs. Because he wasn't allowed to be on TV until sep- September the same year. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to do something. Right. And he went on a freaking tour. So that, and, and that is, so yeah, that was, he, he quit from The Tonight Show. Yes. And before he went to TBS. And that time, yeah, he was, what was it? The name of the tour was the... Uh, I'm not legally, pro- legally not prohibited to be funny or something like that. It's yeah. just playing on the contract. Contractually like, can't be funny uh, yeah, on TV. Some, something like that. Yeah. And so because when he quit The Tonight Show, his contract said that he couldn't, you can't just fuck off, right? He's got a contract. Yeah. And... Hmm? The legally prohibited from being funny on television tour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is Conan, right? Because yeah. what he would have, what he had was a pay or play contract. Yeah. Uh, which is that, uh, yeah, like I said before, either they can choose to take you off as well. And Conan is, well, it's sort of like, it seems like they've kind of agreed he's just not going to be on the air. It seems like a pay or play means kind of the executives have the, the choice, but what if the artist chooses to not go on? What if the artist chooses to not do it? And there would be grounds for breaching contract then because Conan's contracted to do a show, but he's not going to do it. But I think they let it slide. I think they just let it go. Um, and they said, okay, but you're just not going to go on TV. You will get the not the uh, the pay or play. You'll get the, the pay. So yeah. you get the money, but you're not going on the, the TV then and you can't go anywhere else. 
Yeah. So what happened in it was in 2010 when that whole fiasco turned out. It was just before the break, so they mm-hmm. would have had a break because there was Winter Olympics going on. So it happened right before the Winter Olympics and right after the right Winter Olympics, Jalen was back. Mm. So there was this time slot anyway scheduled there, and that's why it sort of unfolded because after that they wanted to do the switch in like switching it to 12.05 instead of uh, 11.35. Mm, and that's when Conan decides to walk away, yeah. in which if he decides to walk away and not take that, he can't uh, unfortunately um, do anything else. He can't go to any other networks yeah. and he can't do any other TV. And the, the thing about these contracts is, um, so Conan's got a contract with NBC that says he needs to stay and do the Tonight Show. And the contract says... It says he's going to be the host of The Tonight Show. It says his wage, which is about 12 million bucks a year. It says everything that all the producers, all the staff, everything it's going to get. But it was weird that it notably left out one key clause. And that clause was the start time of The Tonight Show. So typically, some star would have the deal and says, your show is guaranteed to be on it. You'll get The Tonight Show. It's going to be called The Tonight Show. And it's going to be on at this time. And if... The network moves that time. There would probably be a clause that says, "Well, contract's gone. You're out. You know, our dude's a free agent. If you move the time, contract invalid, and he's out. Um, and you probably have to pay as well. So you got to pay, and he's a free agent in that way. Um, and for some reason, Conan's contract doesn't have that. Leno's did. O'Brien, like every, uh, sorry, Letterman's did. But Conan hasn't got this clause. So, NBC are going, okay, we've got to move some shit. Stuff's not working. Here's our idea. We're going to put Jay Leno back in his old spot. All we're going to do is shift Conan's start time back to 12.05, just after midnight, do him a little bit later. And contractually, they're allowed to do that because the contract said that Conan gets the Tonight Show. It doesn't say what time does the Tonight Show go on. And they could have put the Tonight Show on at 8 a.m. in the morning if they'd really wanted. Yeah. That's what they would be allowed. And so that's, uh, I don't know. And I don't know how that crept in. I, I think it's like when you, let's say you're a news anchor for a 10 o'clock news, you don't think that it needs to specify what time is the news. Mm, yeah. Because it had been on for 60 years at this one time slot. I think, I don't know if that's the case, but it sort of seems something like that. They didn't even think about that the time can change because it never has, right? Yeah, as to... It just seems that time is for tonight's show. Mm, look, it's weird. And it there seems to be something going on here a little bit that with some of these big guys, they get very eccentric mm-hmm. at this upper level. Like Jay Leno is eccentric as fuck to the point where like he didn't even have an agent for a lot of the time. Like literally he's walking into multi-million dollar negotiations with NBC without a representative. Like without, maybe he's a lawyer. And a lawyer is not quite an agent. A lawyer is just to make sure everything's tied and crosses him. But without this, like, and he was fine with that. Um, And and we see with Conan, he keeps making these weird decisions that are not, because he so badly wants this show that he keeps going, okay, I'll take less money and stay at NBC. Okay, I'll take that condition because he so badly wants to stay with NBC and so badly wants to do the Tonight Show that they end up fucking him over for that and it takes him a long time to learn that yeah and he makes a lot of money as well (laughs) i mean like the contract said right that if he can't get the spot he's Mm -hmm. gonna get 40 million dollars he ended up getting 45 
he ended up getting more than he was contractually supposed to get. Oh, right. Um, that's got to do with... So, okay, let's, let's go a little bit sooner. Let's go earlier in the story okay. instead to get back to explain where the, 40, the 45 million thing comes from. Right. Because we've got these big numbers. So, you've got a few changeovers in the history of late night going back. And what you've got on NBC, Johnny Carson doing the main spot, David Letterman has the show behind him, The Late Show at that stage and then Carson's going to retire in 92 and there is uh, like it could be Dave, David Letterman's got the show before it is like a line sometimes it's a line of succession like The Inheritance so you know Letterman was in that show for at least over 10 years yeah. and then he was going to get The Tonight Show but it was Leno instead who ended up getting The Tonight Show yeah and Leno was substituting Carson a lot of times for the past, like last two years as well that when is he, true yeah when he couldn't do it then it was Leno mm. uh, not Letterman so, yeah. and there was already a lot of controversy about that and this is where we start to build into Jay Leno's character because the stories from the time paint him out to be a little bit manipulative and there's this story where even to the extent of he's hiding in the cupboard, like he's hide- there's some executives talking and he's fucking hiding in the closet and shit like that. And the whole story of Jay Leno is trying to work out, is he, he comes across as super showbiz. Like to him, all these decisions, just fucking show business. It's just how the business, you know, Conan couldn't do his show. Now he's doing the show, show business. The money, show business. Like it's all just, if he can make a maneuver, it's just show business. But the thing is that the, the, the more you read about Jay, the, I'm really fascinated by this dude because he doesn't seem outwardly evil and outwardly uh, plotting. He doesn't seem like this conniving dude because what was sort of, yeah, people said that he did a lot of backroom discussions, a lot of un, you know, a lot of talks and a lot of political maneuverings to get the Tonight Show and David Letterman didn't get the Tonight Show. So there was already kind of this smell in the air around Leno a little bit. He was lobbying. He was, he was lobbying for that job. Right. Yeah. Sure, he pretty was doing it hard. But that's kind of what I mean. Like, he doesn't see it as political lobbying. Mm. He just sees it as show business. He goes, that's what you do. Just a show business. Of course, I'm going to go over there, lobby that guy, talk to that guy. And, you know, who, and, and Jay is remarkably unsentimental and is all about the numbers. Like, he has the highest ratings. He ultimately didn't care if he was considered cheap, a hack, doing uh, a dinosaur, doing just simple dumb jokes from 50 years ago, you know, that style. He didn't care. If he had the numbers, he felt that as long as he's on TV, as long as he was number one, that's that was the justification in itself almost. Yeah, and like, he he's like tenure was at the peak of like this kind of TVs, right? This is true. This is a great point. Yeah, because like there was nothing, any other means of like watching this uh, TV shows or anything like that. Either you rented it like VHS, mm. or you watched like late night TV or just whatever was on TV. You didn't have Netflix. You didn't have YouTube, right? So his numbers were really really good just because of that already. Like he was a really good character on TV. It worked. Mm. But it was the hype of TV at the same time. Sure. That's why Jay Leno is a legend. And that's why, yeah, okay. So, he's at the height of TV. And Jay also loves mainstream in that same way. Like, he 
all Jay Leno seems that he wants to do is to perform to as many people as possible. He just and he loves and he he will he works nonstop, like like an insane person. Like so much does this guy work. He does not want days off. He doesn't want to stop. He doesn't want to get days off. And he would, uh, when he wasn't doing the Tonight Show, he was doing still like two hundred nights a year of stand up. Two hundred fucking nights a year. I mean, he can go sell out, you know, Vegas any night of the week, any place. But he would then go and book himself into really difficult rooms and hard rooms. Like he's a solid comic. Yeah, he's not a hack. He's a solid comic. It's just that he's kind of got those older sensibilities to his joke writing style. Set up punchline. That's just what Jay loves. He loves set up punchline, tell a joke, and he loves to go into difficult circumstances and test himself. And, and and push himself. So he's he is still an artist. He's still a very good artist. But his goal was to be mainstream. He wanted to play anywhere. He wants to play to the widest audience he can. Yeah. And TV and the Tonight Show gave him that forum to do that. And he wanted to engage every demographic as well. It wasn't right. just like he wanted like let's say forty five year old people to watch that show. He wanted from age of five all the way. To like 95 right or like doesn't matter what you do are you uh are you flipping burgers at mcdonald's like he was back in the day yeah. or you're the president of the united states right he wanted every all eyes on him and that was his call oh dude i've got quotes for this situation oh, i've yeah. got it all i got a plan i got highlight <laughs> i got all these notes in front of me I got highlight bits like the way that uh jay sees it um where was it where's the bit about the Oh, fuck, see, I've got too many pages of notes. Um, He's really prepared here. You have no the stack of papers in front of him, highlighted. Everything is colorful. It looks really, really. I nice. know, and that's what I was thinking. That now I've got too many notes uh, that I don't actually know which one to beat. I wanted to talk about Jay being an everyman um, because he's he's he he consistently talks about himself in metaphors of just an average worker. Mm-hmm. And how an average worker looks around and an average worker sees the world and how that you are just at the whim. If you're doing good, you're not doing good. Here it is here. This is how Leno sees the business in his regular guy fashion. He just thinks of like being on TV and you are rated by... If you're on a Tonight Show, you are judged, quantified, whatever. Anyway, you're, you're scored on your ratings and you're, then you are scored on how much money your sponsors bring in which is affected by your ratings. So there are actually two and you could win in one and not win in the other. You could not have the highest ratings, but you could be potentially getting more sponsors. And that's because something like, for example, Conan would win the sponsors, I think sometimes, because Conan consistently did so much better with the younger demographic rather than Jay Leno. Jay Leno is like 35 up in his demographic. Conan was 35 and under and the young people. And it turned out that that market segment was worth way more mm-hmm. in the marketplace. They were the ones that were the, you know, they're buying, they're the young people. So Conan would win the sponsorships because he could bring in more dollars per eyeball or some crap. I don't know what you want to say. Let's call it a term. Call it a term, dollars per eyeball. <laughs> Even though Leno overall was getting more ratings, right? So you rate, you kind of rated on those two things. Yeah. And these are comparative, uh, like not when he was doing the show before Conan, it was just like, when he was doing the Night Show versus when Conan was doing the Night Show. Sure. Or just different shows on at any one time could be yeah. rated against one another or... 
yeah yeah exactly and that was like later on that was one of the problems as well they were attracting different demographics and the shows were back to back to back right mm -hmm. so people needed to switch tv essentially like like change channel to that channel to get that show because they were not watching both they're watching one or the other one or the other right so having one but right you do what you've got with jay leno and and conan o'brien is almost a metaphor for generations jay is the previous generation He's, I mean, he's literally grey. He's got that older joke sensibilities, white mainstream, nothing too offensive. That's his style. Got, Conan. That, blue, got that blue denim all over. <laughs> Conan's young. He's quirky. He's weird. Doesn't often, you know, not every joke lands. Uh, so, but anyway, so they're usually rated, yeah, ratings, ratings or sponsorships so some mm -hmm. but somehow your tv show is getting rated right exactly. and so leno just sees tv like this and i'll read now the boss gives you a job to do and it doesn't go well so they send you to the regional offices in des moines you get your sales up half hour at 11 30 for him you moved you moved midnight for conan and that was basically getting moved to the regional office mm -hmm. to practice your shit you go down you get your sales up and when your numbers look good again you return to the head office as Jay saw it, that's how real life tended to work. You're a salesman. You do gangbusters in one market, so they move you to a new market, and it doesn't work out. Oh, shit, the computer just fucking... <laughs> Guess what, guys? We caught it in time. You looked at the screen. You were like, how long has the screen been off for? Uh, no, I wasn't even looking at the screen. That's why Sanders one fucked up because of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it still recording though? Yeah, wait, hold on. Okay, we good, we good, we good, we good. The screen, all right, I turned on the like anti-screensaver now. There's a screensaver and an anti-screensaver. It's great. It's like pasta and anti-pasta. I don't know how they <laughs> interact. So that's how Jay sees it, right? He just sees it like it's a fucking job. And if you're not... Pulling in the ratings at your job, whether you like your job or not, or whether you think what the position of the job is, right? Your boss tells you what your job is in Jay's world and his, you know, it's even a metaphor for the generations and the way they think about work. Oh, fuck. Now we're going levels deep now. <laughs> you know, old worker, go to work. The boss tells you what to do. Yes, boss. No, boss. That's what I do. Conan is the young person. He's not thinking about what his job is. He's doing every little thing. He's making his own job. He's fucking, he's an Uber, he's the Uber driver of comedy, baby. I don't know. That's <laughs> the, you know, he's the other thing. So we've got these two generations that don't quite see it the same way. No, absolutely. And like one thing that everyone needs to realize is that this late night show format is extremely profitable for networks because mm -hmm. It doesn't really cost anything to do it other than the salaries, right? You don't have that many props. You don't have that many cameras compared to like a TV show you would have to record. So that's mm. why they've been always like sort of the networks really push them through because it's really profitable for them. And they want to make the like the hosts, like the big name stars. And they want to make sure that they can ride that train of money. Yeah, um, right. Because it's not scripted because typically they would have... At 10 o'clock, they would have some drama like ER or fucking West Wing. I don't know what the yeah. fuck anyway. Something like that. Uh, and those dramas, yeah, they cost loads of money. To make. Uh, and you don't know how they're going to go. And they only one out of every fucking who knows 100 is actually, you know, super, super big hit and all this shit. Um, yeah, so they would have that. Then they'd have the news at 11. Mm -hmm. So you'd have that. 
And then you would have the 11.30 Tonight Show. That would go for an hour. And then the other one was typically starting at 12.30. Yeah, depending on the station. Right, depending on the station. And oh my God, that brings up the whole other fuckery. (laughs) The whole fuckery in this weird system that America has. Because they're waking up from... So, in America, you can have like... You may have heard of like NBC. That's a TV network. And there's ABC. That's another TV network. And they are big TV networks. But the way that they... Before the cable channels were out there, um, the way that it worked in America, like set like fucking decades and decades ago, was there were regional affiliates. So, you have a regional station that it's its own fucking station with it, and it has its own local news and all that shit. And then they are sort of like the NBC affiliate and they will put in basically put in the NBC lineup. They'll put in the Saturday Night Live. They're going to insert the Late Show at that time. But before Jay Leno, they're going to have their own news, and they're going to have you know the local guy, the local weatherman, and all that mm-hmm. shit. And a f- that also seems like this fucking antiquated, weird idea that we have these middlemen in the middle, these local stations. And the problem is, is that's where the local sponsorship money's going. So, local sponsors fund those stations. Those stations are needed by the networks. So, those, they're called affiliates, wield huge power. And when shit's not working, they're like, yo, our sponsors are not paying up because your fucking NBC stuff is crap. You got to fix this. And this is where a lot of the problems happened when uh, Conan wasn't hitting the numbers in The Tonight Show. He got, so when he got The Tonight Show, it was 11.30, it was the fucking seat, it was what he always wanted in that seven yeah. months of beautiful period. The problem was is that his numbers were going down and down and down. And now there's not necessarily his fault and it's not, uh, you know, there were so many circumstances that went against him and I'm not saying it's his fault, but I'm saying that's still what happened. But what also happened was before the news, there was mm-hmm. the Jay Leno show, and that had even worse numbers than the like TV shows they had on before. Mm-hmm. So another problem was that Jay Leno's uh, show was taking away views from the news before, like whatever followed after that. Mm. So because they had like clash of uh, viewership right there, like we sure. talked about it before. So the news, first of all, was angry at the results of Jay Leno, mm. not so much at Conan, and then network realized that they have just like a demographic problem here and sure. they need to figure something out it's a tough timeline try and get the mic closer i feel like oh, yeah. are you speaking into the wait are you speaking i think you're speaking into the wrong side of the microphone lift the mic up lift the black thing up no no so lift the the fucking uh, stormy daniels trump penis mushroom thing at the top off right yeah you got to speak into the other side of the microphone yeah that flat side now we're back yeah that's All right, I was trying to work out where the fuck are you working? I'm sorry that he was low. I've been told that the volume is too low on this, on the podcast, that people, they get the Macs on their phones and they can't listen to it outside. Oh, shit. Because I didn't amplify it enough. So, okay, now we got you on. Um, Right, but we're kind of jumping around the timeline a little bit uh, with what the the Jay Leno show was. but a general thing about TVs is they're really big on lead-ins. And so you can say that my show is on at 11.30. The Tonight Show with Jay Leno is on at 11.30. But the show that's on before that, which in, back in those days would have been the news, mm-hmm. that's called the lead-in. And the numbers out of that do dictate people stick around. What you were saying before, you stick around on the same channel, right? That gravity 
or people just you know, will naturally that you know, I guess that laziness in human beings, right? So TV is always talking about how important the lead in is that you need a strong lead in, and that's why they were going. 10 o'clock, like ER, everyone's on ER, and then we're straight to the news. So we've got good numbers out of ER, into the local news, we've got them there, and then we've got a strong lead in for Jay. And they would look at it like everything's got to be strong, then you've got to finish there. And that's, I just, I think, also think that's another idea that's really insane to us because now we just live in the on demand generation. Yeah. What do we give a shit about lead in, all this sort of stuff? It doesn't matter the time because all that. To us, it's... It's on demand. It's just yeah. when we demand it. Mm. And um, that's what I was thinking as well. Like, I, I tried to figure out if there would be a concept where you could do, like, a late night show on Netflix. Mm. How would that pan out? And who could do it? Right. You have to at least think of time zones. No, I was just thinking, like, if it would be, like, you can just rewatch it, right? Mm. So, you don't watch it live, per se, but you can watch it. Would that work? Wouldn't it have to be filmed in the f- earliest time zone? So it would have to be filmed in New Zealand and then played in New Zealand. And then as the rest of the world gets fucking 11.30 at night, then it gets played then. Yeah, because I think one of the problems that uh, (laughs) Netflix has is that I never watch Netflix in the mornings. Mm. I always watch it in the evenings, but I never watch it in the morning. Right. I'd rather watch something on YouTube or something. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, I see what you mean. I do that too. Yeah. So, right, you get up in the morning and, yeah, you're sitting around, you're scratching your balls, drinking a coffee, get you your chocolate croissant, whatever you do in your fucking mansion, the, the Kickapill <laughs> mansion down there. I know how it works. Three garages. I've seen it. 17 bathrooms. It's a big gold-plated truck. So, anyway, so he's eating off his gold-plated fucking plates. Um, right, and you will put on YouTube. But what, why is that? Why won't you put on Netflix? I don't know. I just feel like... It's something I want to watch something light in the morning because I'm I'm pretty dizzy in the morning. I'm not really mm. like up at it. I I watch like Cobert Reports or something like that if it's on YouTube already. You know, it's just like bits of stuff. So you want to watch clips in the morning? We're not sitting down for thirty minutes. Yeah, I don't selling want, in with a popcorn. Exactly. I don't want to mm. invest thirty minutes in the morning because mm. I don't know if I want to watch something for thirty minutes. Right. I want to maybe watch five minutes. Maybe that's mm. the lead in for another five minutes. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Right, one clip could make you watch the next one if you specifically thought like, all right, put these two clips. Yeah. And one's going to go from one to the other. I can't do more than 10 minutes. I'll watch Seth Meyers' Closer Look if it's about 10, 12 minutes, but that's about it. Oh, and the other thing in the morning, I banned myself from watching uh, computer games videos in the morning. <laughs> so the morning is like, we're going to get up, we're going to fucking make the day, we're going to do it. So... I will, uh, you know, maybe watch some, you know, watch some inspiration. Maybe there's some Joe Rogan clips, maybe a health clip, maybe a news clip, but no video games clips. <laughs> Only in the evening when I come home and I eat terrible food <laughs> and I sit there and I watch something about the Game Boy from 1995, about how some nerd in Nebraska has hacked it and now it sings and dances or some shit. And I'll sit there with popcorn and I love it, <laughs> but not until the very late at night. Yeah, but that's exactly the same for me with like Netflix. I, I just I never think about it in the morning. I never mm-hmm. think about it in during the daytime. It's just for me when I get home. But I feel like this is something as a company they want to change, right? They want to get that that get that crowd engaged as well. You wanna you wanna be you want people to be dependent on your service. Mm-hmm. And that that was what happened with TVs as well, right? You had the late night show and they had the morning shows. And the morning shows have really good views as well. Mm-hmm. Just because you want to watch something in the morning, right? You want to you want to drink coffee and have something on the background, but 
when we compare Netflix or like on-demand services, mm. whatever, Amazon, whatever you want to compare it with, they don't offer that part yet. But I feel like it's something that will happen. That makes sense. I hadn't thought about it like that because I, I would usually just hear like Netflix has 20 bazillion new subscribers and they're going great and they've got 20 trillion million dollars to spend on every single project and everything they're doing and they're buying every TV show that's ever been created and, you know, optioning everything that will be made in the next 10 years. Like they're, you see so many articles about how they're going berserk and how they've got this huge fucking war chest to buy everything in sight. Um, and you just kind of think like, oh, well, I guess Netflix has taken our time. But you're right. There's kind of these hours of the day and it's like, do they want that or do they... Yeah, I mean, it, but then you think about, okay, of course, they're a fucking publicly traded company. They're going to want, all right, that's what all these companies do, Lewis. Every Facebook, every Twitter, <laughs> everything ever just keeps growing to a stage that gets unmanageable because they wanted to make more and more fucking money. They want to so, control it. Right. So, okay, I, I'll take your point, Casper. Right, what would Netflix do? How could they? So, are you proposing they would put more clips? No, I'm just thinking, like, what is the alternative? What can you do? Because, like, the beauty of the tonight show or like any late night tv is sort of it wants to wrap up the day right it wants mm. like if there was something important on the news you know something important happened mm. they're going to talk about it they're going to address that right on the spot and it's and it's something that you want to watch right away because you would never re-watch it three weeks later it's yeah. happening now or it's happening never mm. so i'm thinking if you can do the same thing with on-demand stuff but you can just choose what you watch mm. but you can still get an overview sort of what's going on in the mornings sort of like your news but in a maybe fun way right right like my youtube probably kind of does that just the algorithm i've watched enough clips mm -hmm. from colbert and seth Myers and shit like that yeah. that they'll just pop up now but i kind of see what you mean like what would be yeah to curate that i mean i guess but now right you can't really watch it at night but you can see all the clips later because they still want you to watch tv Exactly. And so that's, they're still doing that. That's that's my point. Because mm. like I'm already used to that. I'm doing the same thing. Like no. YouTube suggests me those videos and it's it's perfect for me. But I mm. never do it on Netflix. Okay, yeah. And I I don't really watch old Colbert like videos that maybe like two weeks old and haven't seen them yet. Mm. Then I'm not gonna rewatch it either because I feel like it's sort of history already. It already happened. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to like you maybe. I mean, I'm trying to think. I was watching loads of old Carson episodes to prepare for this because, of course, I did. Um, but he had loads of really interesting guests on, like this mm -hmm. fucking Ronald Reagan when he's still a governor, like oh. before he's not not even talking about. It, he's like, I think uh, I will this governor. You know, yeah. It, it's like he's got that kind of drawn out American thing, and he's still. You can see how the american population like fell for this previous former actor and made him their republican president and you're like yeah this dude's got some fucking old school charisma and shit or like the old ones with fucking uh yeah anyway like like, like fucking hulk hogan was on there and shit like watching once hulk hogan goes on there it's great um what was i talking about yeah so i'm watching the old clips so yeah you watch the really old ones right but Oh, that was the other thing that ties into... There's other good reasons why we're talking about Conan O'Brien this week, ladies and gentlemen. Because, uh, well, number one is that our boy Daniel Sloss was on Conan O'Brien this week. Uh, he was on the... Uh, he was? No, no, I'm thinking yeah. like, was it like six times, seven times? It's time? crazy. Yeah, yeah, he's been there a lot, right? Mm. But this was the first time he's on the couch. Oh, okay. First time he got interviewed by Conan. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and that was back in the day, that was even established with Carson. 
Johnny Carson is a tradition. They would have a stand-up comedian who goes out there and does their five minutes of comedy. But if Johnny liked you, he would call you over. Okay. And it was like only a few comics got it. But if you got it, this was like being blessed by the fucking Pope. Like you finish your set and Johnny calls you over to the couch like, oh my fucking God. So, uh, and that would just happen. Like, because casting can do whatever the fuck he wants. So, you didn't know how that was going to go. Now, I think this is, a, this is a prearranged one. It was an yeah. interview and all that. But just the, to set in everybody's mind how big a thing this is for a comedian to get on the couch with Conan. So, he's on the couch with Conan. And the other, Sounds so wrong. On the couch with Conan. <laughs> and the other thing is, is that this week Conan announced uh, that very soon they're going to have his full back catalogue available online to stream somehow. And that's going to be... So, his TBS stuff, that's already mostly online anyway, the new Team Coco show. But his late show, so before The Tonight Show, Mm -hmm. back then, uh, when he was before Jay, that content is all going to be there. And they weren't clear whether the seven months of The Tonight Show is going to be there as well. That was not specified. But what they did do is already put the first episode, the first ever episode of Conan O'Brien doing The Late Show on YouTube. It's on right now. I can go Google it. People are like, people are losing their minds over it. Like, okay. It's very alternative. It's very punk rock alternative mm-hmm. comedy. It's weird. And it kind of goes like, you, you can only imagine who these people were watching at 1230 going, who the fuck is this tall redhead weirdo <laughs> doing things? It's a little bit anti-comedy already. Like. Y'all should go watch it. Watch the opening monologue or something like that. Like, watch, watch the first 10 minutes. It's worth it. Yeah. And, I mean, Jay Leno and, uh, and Conan Bryant sort of started out at their positions at the same time, right? Because, like, Jay Leno got the Tonight Show mm. in 92 and Conan started his Late Show mm. in 93. Right. Yes. So, they already, like, they start this, like, set up, you know. Mm. And that's how it happens because they don't, yeah, like, and that's, well, let's even trace that yeah. back. So, we've got Jay Leno installed in The Tonight Show in uh, 1992. And I realize, dear listeners, we're jumping around here a little bit. In 92, Johnny Carson, he retires. Jay Leno gets it. David Letterman gets rejected. He wants it. David Letterman uh, admires and idolizes Johnny Carson just as much as Conan does. Like they, it's hard to say, they both grew up disciples of Johnny Carson. And so it was, it was the same thing beforehand. And Jay did his maneuvering and, and, and Leno ended up at CBS. Exactly. And then, uh, well, Conan O'Brien took over David Letterman's job mm. after he didn't want to do it anymore because he didn't had the chance to do the tonight show he so he felt like he needs to move on mm. so now they're both in the same station right they're both working for nb and nbc nbc we got conan at uh yeah the in the twelve thirty five spot and then leno in the eleven thirty spot yeah and then they keep doing their thing until 2004 mm. and they're good and they're going great and uh jay is as you said this is the prime time of tv so this is, and it's the prime time of TV because keep in mind, now we've got Jay Leno, the biggest force in late night. That he can just, he's just this unbelievable juggernaut of ratings that just every day just keeps. Um, when 
Then you've got Conan O'Brien, this weird, lanky, kind of crazy guy that the kids are all, us all kids were all going nuts for. And like, we don't quite understand what's going on with this guy. But, and it's weird, but it's nothing like what we used to watch. So we're into it. Then Letterman's moved to CBS. He's on it. I forget if it was 11 or 11.30, but he's competing with Jay. And I think it's 11.30. He's on directly competing yeah. with Jay now. And he never beats Jay consistently in the ratings. He right. just can't do it. But Letterman... Well, anyway, Letterman's huge. He's another yeah. huge juggernaut over there. And they're talking about massive tens of thousands of... Hundreds of thousands of viewers, right? This. Very Who, different styles, though. Very different styles. Yeah. I like... When people think of the two, they think David Letterman as a really respectful guy, right? Like, mm. like when you compare him to Jay Leno, at least, right? So there's, there's, I think more respect for uh, David Letterman out there than for Jay Leno, and maybe part of it is the whole fiasco that we're like zooming back into now. But like, I just feel like David Letterman overall is more respected. I think, yeah, Letterman is respected as a comedian way more, like yeah. that he. Yeah, he because Letterman's always actually been pretty fucking weird. Yeah. Like he's always had that weird side too, that strange ta- track. Quirky. And yeah, you can again argue that that's what's made him brilliant and respected. But what stopped his show from overtaking Jay's yeah. as the most mainstream because he wasn't quite the most mainstream. He was Letterman was broadcasting from New York, mm-hmm. and he was being something like an intellectual, and he was telling smart and weird stuff. Um, where Jay was coming out of LA and he was trying to be this everyman sort of image. I appeal to the countryside people. I appeal to all the all the people of America. Yeah. And uh, Conan was also broadcasting from New York. Yes. This yeah, is true back yeah. in that day too. Yeah. So you've got this. That's why it's amazing time for TV. So you've got all these amazing broadcasters and these guys. And like we were saying, they they make these shows every night. Like there's a whole new show every night and they may have sketches that they're pre-recorded and working on stuff, but you know, it's the same format. There's a monologue. You have to write that joke and uh, you have to write it. And then you do a comedy sketch in the middle. Then you have a number of guests and we're booking the right guests on the right day and all that sort of stuff. So it's just to give you in perspective, when mm. we say Conan only did it seven months, he still did over 150 shows. Right. Over 150 shows. Right. And that, that just shows you how much stuff goes on there. Sure, in that seven months, yeah. that's all he had to do. I mean, there's another quote here from Jay. Um, Jay says, because Jay, how much Jay wants to work. Like this dude's insane. And he says, once a week, once a week by means once show a week. Once a week is death. Not only would every good topical joke have been done by all the other shows of the week, which is what Leno would hate, but the process of making that show would have made him go bong like an unwound watch. Leno says, the idea is that you write jokes literally until it's pencils down. If you do it once a week, then you're writing jokes 24 hours a day and you go batty. And every time you put your pencil down, you'll feel incredibly guilty that you're not doing a joke. It has to be every day. Leno continues... The reason he likes this also is because the standard doesn't have to be quite as high when you write a story every day. It's like the difference between a newspaper and a magazine. Every day, we're just pumping out that. However, he finishes on and says, the answer really boils down to what it always boiled down to with Jay. I tell jokes at 11.30 at night, every night. And that's all the fuck Jay Leno wants to do. 
Like all he seems to want to do is write jokes all fucking day and then stand in front of cameras in the evening and tell those jokes. At 11.30. At 11.30. At not 10 o'clock, <laughs> not fucking 12.05. Exactly. 11.30. And it's... Right, he because in his mind, and it probably was real. That's when everyone was watching TV. That was the the yeah, time, and now that whole concept's fucking out the door. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone was home and preparing to go to bed, and mm. that's when he wanted to watch it. So yeah, now now he did it for seventeen years before he retired the first time. Yes, like Jay Leno, right? Yeah, and uh, the first time he announced that he's going to retire was in two thousand and four. Uh-huh. And he said, in five years' time, in 2009, Conan O'Brien will take over. And he like said all these nice words about him uh-huh. and how he's the next one up and mm-hmm. how he needs to do the right thing and pass the dynasty over because he doesn't want to do it the same way how he had to do it in a way that the whole breach with David Letterman because they were good friends before. Mm. Then the friendship wasn't there anymore and he doesn't want that to happen again what happened next (laughs) let's we're gonna have a pee break uh and i'm gonna get some more water and i'm gonna talk more about and the other side of that so that there's this idea that leno says i'm gonna retire in five years and there's the public face and then there's what's going on behind the scenes to make him say that yeah in a few years time it changes (laughs) all right oh i didn't bring you music today license to ill fuck yeah let's start it off rhyming and stealing the beastie boys baby Thank you, Beastie Boys. Thank you for our little tea break. So we're gonna come. We're gonna set the scene here for the second part because this is the bit we want to really dig into: the contracts and like how they did all this kind of weird politics and contractual lawyership behind the scenes. So the scene is thus: Jay Leno has the Tonight Show. It's at eleven thirty. Conan O'Brien has the Late Show. After that, it's like twelve thirty, something like that. Um. Conan's been doing it for 10 years at this stage. I forget how many years. 15. He's been doing it for quite a bit. 10 years at least. 16 years, right? So Conan's been doing it for that long. He starts thinking, when do I get my shot at the fucking Tonight Show? He thinks he's ready because 11.30 is the prime time. He's feeling like, I'm ready. I got to do this. It's my time is coming. Um, Leno is very happy. He's sitting at 11.30. He tells jokes at 11.30. He's feeling fine. 
um, the difficulty comes because both of them were going to come off contract within a year. So their contracts are both coming up within a year of each other. And NBC's looking around going, oh, shit, if we fuck this up, we could lose both of them. Like, who knows what goes on? And the problem is, is that Conan, uh, they understand. Conan's been doing that for 16 fucking years. He wants to move. He wants to move to the prime time. And so you've got, there can still only be one, one spot. And how do you keep two big stars in the one network? How do you, with both, they've got their own plans for their own careers. Conan wants to grow. How do you keep them together? And this is the difficult part. Yeah, and uh, well, in 2004, when uh, the contracts were being renewed, mm. uh, originally Jay Leno was fine with stepping down from the Tonight Show and doing something else, right? It was like he wasn't. No, no, no. No, but like he at least publicly announced like mm. on the show, like yeah, okay, in five years' time, my mm. time will pass. Like I've been doing it then for 17 years. I'm gonna be 59. Blah 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 blah. I'm happy to do something else in the mm. show business. I will remain in the show business. Yada, yada, yada. But he sort of acknowledged that publicly in 2004 that he's fine mm. with stepping down and like giving the keys over to Conan, right? Mm. But yeah, the the thing was though the that Jay the Leno wasn't happy. Yeah, with that situation behind the doors, behind the doors, the in, in private that. So what happened is the M- NBC is comes from the NBC executives. They realized, oh shit, fuck! I got two big stars, two big egos, two big career paths coming off contract within one year. How am I going to satisfy both of them? How am I going to keep them there? And um, Jay just wants to stay, and yeah. that's all he wants to do. But they also know that Jay Leno doesn't like change. He hates change he loves routine and he doesn't want to move he doesn't want to leave the tonight show and he want they know that he won't move networks like yeah not really it would take a force a big force now that could be a lot of money potentially but it would take a huge force for him to move so they kind of know that so they know that that's the leverage they've got over jay leno because jay knows he's worth it um, because these affiliates and he's the one bringing in the big money. He's bringing in the sponsorship money, which means he's worth it. But they know he won't leave, so they can move him around. Yeah, and um, that sort of became public in 2007, 2008 that mm-hmm. Jay doesn't want to move. Like the stuff they would known inside already like for a couple of years already, mm. now it's also public. But it's also public that they have already agreed with a contract that points Conan to the show like as a host of the show in 2009 Mm. so yeah so their solution to this situation and the thing is that this was sort of started by a NBC executive called Jeff Zucker and Jeff was look I forget the roles and all that shit what do I know but Jeff this was his whatever his role was at NBC this was his plan to keep both stars because they, what they start doing then is they start going, well, okay, what happens if Conan leaves? Okay, let's say Conan goes to ABC Network. What sponsorship will he take? What That means less money for our network. So what does that mean to lose Conan? Yeah. And they start doing the numbers about what it would mean in, in value and they kind of did it on Jay and it's just like under any circumstance losing Jay Leno was just fucking the network would almost tank. Like it was just such an enormous amount of money. And so he's working on this plan to keep both of them at the network. Mm -hmm. And he's playing off 
that both of them want to stay at NBC, that Leno doesn't want to move, and that Conan really, really wants The Tonight Show super fucking badly. Zucker also is trying to get it across to Leno that he should leave in his prime Mm -hmm. and not when he's failing or something like that. And that to, if you want to say like assure a strong line of succession to the next one, then it's very clear and we go from strength to strength. There's a certain argument in that, that we're not going to let it dip, that we're just going to go strength to strength. But that contradicts what we're talking about Leno before. And he's every fucking man. Oh, this is a job. He's there working hard, kicking ass, being fucking employee of the month every month for the last 17 (laughs) years. And he's going, motherfucks, now you want to get rid of me? After I worked, did all of, I did the best. Yeah. And this is the the disconnect. Exactly. Uh, And how to, so Zucker presents it to Leno and says, hey, you retire in five years. Don't worry about it. Like, and then Conan, and then, and that's how he keeps Conan at NBC Mm -hmm. by saying that in five years, you will get the Tonight Show. And that, uh, that, and oh, if Jay, if Jay goes away in the next five years, you get the Tonight Show. In 2004, it was already agreed that the contract will end in 2009. Mm. And it was also agreed that Conan will take over in 2009. So they both got these contracts on the table now. Right, right. But but the point is though, but if something like if, Conan, if Leno gets struck by lightning tomorrow, yeah. Conan gets it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So by that clause and by him getting this sort of guarantee that he would get the Tonight Show they have carefully understood that that would satisfy Conan. Mm -hmm. Five more years, Conan. Five more years and you will get that thing that you have wanted since you're a child. You know that thing you've desperately wanted your whole life? Guaranteed in five years. And fucking Conan plays along. Yeah. Because he then thinks, because he's turning down, he's getting at that stage uh, three million a year. Yeah. I think, which is nothing. Well, in compa- like when you compare that to the salaries <laughs> of other late night TV shows, then that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the Tonight Show, he was getting twelve million. Jay was getting, I want to say twenty, and Letterman was upwards of thirty million a year. Yeah. In his in his prime, but uh, Letterman's large pay packet has got to do with what happened when he went to NBC. Mm-hmm which is very similar to what happens when Conan leaves for TBS. So, basically, Letterman gets turned over for The Tonight Show. Jay Leno gets it instead. Letterman goes, fuck you guys. I'm going to CBS. But he doesn't go to CBS as an employee or nothing. What he does is he makes his own fucking Letterman production agency and the Letterman production agency owns this show and just sells an episode to the network. So, he owns everything. He can do whatever the fuck he wants and he owns that whole thing. So, that's how he gets the the larger pay because he owns this whole production company that owns the whole rights of the whole thing, the blah, 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 where Leno is every man who just rolls in and does a job for the boss yeah. every day. Yeah. So, where were we? Uh, so, we're closing into 2009 now. Okay. Oh, this is the end of the five years, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Oh, no. Before we go to that one. The, that's the this is the root of the the forty million clause. Yeah. So, um, don't ever trust anyone in a management position. Definitely don't ever trust a TV executive. Um, 
Oh, wait, wait. I am gonna... Uh... Right. That... Um... Wait, what was it again? What do you mean? What were we talking about? We were talking about the 40 million contract. Right, the 40 million contract. Right. So, NBC lawyers and the management go, Conan, five more years and we guarantee you, you will host the Tonight Show. Time not specified. (laughs) (laughs) And Conan goes, yeah, okay, I'll do that. But, because he's still got fucking lawyers, they put a clause. What you need from that is a contract is not a contract until it has until it gets tested right i can sign a contract with you and it's just a bit of fucking paper until we disagree and that contract has to be tested in a court of law and so similar thing with this deal right so conan's team go what fucking guarantee have we got that you're not going to turn around and take this away from us so you put a clause in the contract that says well if you don't do this what the penalty is mm-hmm. they originally wanted 80 million and they talked it down to forty million plus expenses, <laughs> and so that means that if in no later than five years' time that Conan O'Brien does not take the seat on the Tonight Show, that NBC have to pay him out forty million dollars cash on the table, unmarked notes, no, nothing like that. <laughs> But that's the, the, and so the idea is that what they're doing is putting such an insane fucking figure in there that that clause will never get triggered yeah. to scare you off. And not only that, but the contract also included that he has to do the tonight show for, I think it was five years as well. It was just like, even yes. if he gets canceled mm-hmm. halfway through the five year period, he's going to still get that money. Mm-hmm. So he's got a pay or play contract on that one. Yes. Right. So he was guaranteed the spot, and the spot duration was, I think it was four or five years. Mm. Um, right. And even, yeah, back in those days, in those announcements, uh, here's a quote about the price that Jay was going to get back then. So, again, so at the same time, remember, Jay is saying, why the fuck should I stick around? Mm-hmm. And. For some reason, it's never still about money. NBC knew that any typically aggressive agent would have insisted upon at least one more dollar than whatever Letterman was making, <laughs> which peaked at around 31 a year. And they already had a reply, which was about what I just said, that well, hey, Dave made his own franchise, his own production company, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, one of the executives had stored up a few more reasons why NBC could deny Leno some Letterman-level money, but it never became a factor. And I quote, Jay never asked. <laughs> Jay never asked. Wow. He treats money so weird because Jay Leno is very famous for saying that he never touches his Tonight Show money. Yeah. He earns, he's doing these 200 gigs a year. And he's earning who knows how many fucking millions and squillions off that. And he famously goes on record and says that he only spends the money he makes from the 200 dates from stand-up and the millions upon 50 whatever million that are coming from NBC is totally in the bank. I think even after his cars, I think the cars don't even count. Like the NBC, he, he claims the NBC money. So he already thinks weird about money. Yeah. On one hand... Like, because that's the thing, like, ABC and these other networks were like, 
hey Leno, you want cash? We got cash. <laughs> yeah. Like, and but the problem was that all these networks couldn't offer Leno anything better. All they could do is offer cash. Fox roll up and they go, yeah, we're Fox, we're the young people, we got cash. And he goes, mm. and then Sonny come along. Sonny have got a few channels, but Sonny have got loads of cash. Yep. But nothing. And because for Jay, all he wanted to do was tell jokes at 11.30 and win. Yep. And he wanted to be on the station that won. And for him, that was NBC. Exactly. Like we said before, mainstream was his thing. And like mm. he... NBC had like viewers there and he didn't want to change that. Mm. And Conan keeps time and time again, keeps rolling over. Like, so he again agrees to the five-year deal Yeah. Um, from Conan. I'm going to stay at 1230. Like, sorry, Conan realized mm-hmm. that he could say to the NBC executives, I'm going to stay at 1230, but it's going to cost you. But he informed his team that he wasn't prepared to even do that. He realized he had to give things up. It was part of his nature. Conan said, fuck me, I'm Catholic. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> He's still, he says, five years? Fine, I'll do it. Five more years. And so now talking about uh, what we were saying before, that uh, Jeff Zucker, this NBC executive who came up with this whole fucking plan for mm-hmm. this five-year succession thing, uh, he's then pitching it to Jay. And then it starts, Zucker found himself appreciating again Jay's solid professionalism. He was throwing no tantrums, expressing no antipathy towards NBC or Conan or anyone else. Um, however, inside, Leno was in pain. And I'll go on. But beyond the crushing disappointment of hearing this news, which led to Leno sounded awfully like he was being fired, his other dominant feeling was befuddlement. Why was this happening now? What sense did it make with him still so strongly in first place? He can't get it. He doesn't know why. Genuinely. Yeah. Why would you throw me up, boss? I'm, I've been kicking ass for you for 17 years, making all your money. Why do you want to... I have no intention of retiring. Yeah. Why do you want to throw me out now? He was really bitter about that. And uh, that's actually actually one of the things that he addressed in his show that was later to follow mm. as well, where he said that uh, there, there were the rumors that his new show is not doing really well mm. when already Conan was doing The Tonight Show and he had his own show. Uh, in his opening monologue, he said that I don't think we're going to be canceled. Mm. NBC only cancels shows when you're in the first spot. (laughs) (laughs) And they loved it. They loved going at each other. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, did Jay... Because Jay's just sitting back and going, why are you canceling me? And because Jay thinks... Jay will probably never retire. He just wants to keep on going. And But I think that what the NBC executives are thinking about is what is the sea change of the world? And they're worried about, do we need a fresher entertainer? I mean, Johnny Carson was doing it till he's fucking old as shit, right? And do we, what happens when we've got this dude who's literally graying in front of our eyes when the marketing demographics are telling them that the highest spenders are in the younger market? Hence Conan. Hence Conan, exactly. So these guys, that's why that Conan gets I mean, that's why Leno thinks he's getting kicked out or that's why he's getting kicked out. He's, but he can't, I don't think Leno grasps that. He doesn't seem to 
he just goes, I'm going to do my jokes. That's what I do. Look at the numbers. So many, And it's true. So many people want to come. And it's, it's hard to say uh, these NBC executives are seeing the world change seeing us move to online, seeing the young... Well, basically seeing the monies and the young people. Yeah. And But we don't know how fast that's coming. It appears they overreacted to the rate of change of needing to get rid of Jay Leno. TV is dying, but not quite as fast as they thought. <laughs> um, yeah, and that Leno probably could have stuck around for... A, and he did keep sticking around for a fair few more yeah. years that they felt they needed to... Because there was another older idea as well about... Um, well, anytime you have an, an artistic act, they need time. Yeah. Everybody needs time to to fit into any role. And in many ways, like, uh, doing The Late Show is your warm-up, is your open mic. So you do that for 17 years, so then you can take over The Tonight Show and do that properly. And what, But even that move, like even the move into that time slot, is going to affect you and be different. And this is the difficult thing for Conan and where it ties right back into the network executives. So Conan moves. Conan's at 12.30 yeah. at the late show. And then he's doing great for 16 years there. Killing it. Because all the young people are up watching quirky old Conan and they're having a great time. He's doing weird shit. You move up into the 11.30 slot. You've got fucking old people. You've got middle America who are just putting on this before they go to bed, like, who is this guy? Who is this weird fucking... Yeah. Right. And so they're just not... They're the people in front of the TV. Yeah. That's just who it is. And as much as Conan loved it, and as much as he wanted to be there, and as much as his fans thought he was weird, they weren't quite the ones in the demographic that the executives wanted. And so the executives, oh, how could, they got it wrong too. Oh, we think some young people will be here. No, it turns out grandma and grandpa are still watching at 11.30. turns out that it was still those mainstream. Maybe Conan shouldn't have been in 11.30. It's really hard to say. But yeah, that was his dream though, right? Like that was something yeah. he was working towards off for 16 years, right? Sure. He was doing that and he always had an eye on Jay Leno. And he was like hoping that that's going to be him one day. But okay, let's let's go now to 2010. Right. So yeah. So the but the, oh yeah, the last thing was yeah. Before we, and we're here in 2010 yeah. with the 40 million contract. So the 40 million contract said that Conan has to get the Tonight Show or it's a fee of 40 million to go. Um, that didn't get triggered because Conan got the Tonight Show. Yeah. He got it for seven months. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that you know that that clause doesn't. So he never that 40 million wasn't there as such. Um. The, the, it was there in a sense that he had to carry out the contract as well. Right. So then he's got his contract, which yeah. would be another... I think that was the 45 you were referring to. No, no. That was 40 still. It oh, was, that was 40. Yeah, it sorry. It was still 40. Because then it was a total of 40, I think. By the time they added up his wage and there was a bunch of other stuff that had to go in, they kind of had to pay him out 40. Yeah. So what happened, like Conan took over in September 2009, right? Mm. So he starts his whole thing with the Tonight Show. He's mm. now the host. It's... Uh, Tonight show with uh, Conan O'Brien, boom, it goes. The views are not that great. Mm -hmm. uh, he's attracting, like you said, different crowd. Jay Leno has his own show right before, uh, right before the news. So at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock is the news. 11:35 is now tonight show, mm. and it's not going. It's not going well for either of these three, and that that was the problem. Like the Jay Leno show wasn't doing well. Wait, Jay Leno wasn't at the start of the Conan when Conan did the Tonight Show. 
No, they were at the same time. Wait, were they? Yeah. Oh, they were. You're yeah. correct. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, my God. You fucking showed me up. You're exactly right. Yeah. So, but I think we need to explain how that happened. Okay. So, Leno's like, yeah, yeah I'm fi- I agree to this five-year deal. Yeah. They're coming up to the end of the five years. Leno doesn't want to fucking go. Like, he's, he's going to go because he's going to go, but he can't. And they can't. They even do the sums because Leno's like, guys, I'm going to fucking work. Yep. Like, I'm Jay Leno. I work 23 and a half hours a day. You're going to take me off the Tonight Show. I'm still going to work. Yep. Now, that means... So, NBC then has a choice. Find something fucking else for Jay Leno to do. Or he's going to walk over to NBC and he's going to get fuck tons of cash. And he's going to take all those sponsors with him. Walk over to CBS. Well, it could be. It could not be. So, sorry, walk over to ABC or, or he could walk C- over to Fox. Yeah, exactly. Or sorry, pardon me. Yeah, NBC yeah. is where he's coming from. Yeah. So, what they feared was Leno moving to another network. Exactly. And then he would probably, being that, go straight up against Conan and they just saw they're going to get slaughtered. Exactly. So, they're trying to work out Conan's going to get The Tonight Show and they're going like, well, but if we just leave Jay in The Tonight Show... But we're going to have to pay this $40 million to Conan. So, we can't do that because that's going to cost us $40 fucking million. So, they put Conan into the night show. And they're like, what are we going to do with Leno? Now, spoiler, folks. The, the end of the thing is that if NBC had just paid off Conan at this stage, they would have saved themselves so much money. Yeah. They, would, they should have paid off Conan the $40 million because going through the fiasco of Leno fucking it over and, duh, 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 and all this and the back and forth, actually, they paid a lot more than $40 million to get out of this mess oh, in the end. Of course. So, that's a weird one that maybe the, yeah, the breakout clause was, oh, I don't know, it's weird. So, yeah, so they got to find something for Leno to do. And there's this 10 o'clock thing going on where yeah. they used to have ER that's where they have the primetime sitcom there's some SVU crime, whatever crime and order whatever the fuck it is and so they go what we'll do is we'll Jay into that spot and Jay's gonna do 10 to 11 then you're gonna go to the news then you're gonna go to Conan exactly and so Jay's got his own hour but all of a sudden he's in super primetime like that's his, that is like maximum fucking primetime is 10 o'clock uh, right. And so he's got to do this show in this one hour format. Jay's got to produce one hour of comedy five nights a week. Um, this is very difficult. Yeah. And it can't be the same format as the Tonight Show. As yeah. So it needs to be a different format, something new for him. Mm. I mean, it was still one hour. It was one and a half hours earlier. Mm. And it couldn't really be the same. But we know that Leno doesn't like to change formats. Exactly. That's the problem. So, Leno's doing this hour at 10. Um, and here's a big part. Uh, coming back to um, the affiliates. And this is, yeah, back to this idea that there's Jay at fucking 10. Then at 11, you go to local news at your local station. And they really want you to watch your local news because they've got your ads. And this is like super important that you watch the local news because then you kind of keep on going. Um and so, they're really concerned about Jay Leno's lead-in to the news. Exactly. And what they're saying is that, well, 
Jay Leno's show isn't working very well, people are turning off at about the 22-minute mark, something like that, and they're not making it all the way through the hour, so then they can keep on going with the news. So, and the affiliates start really making a fucking stink. Like, they're like, and in some ways, it's like, well, they have a point. The ratings are going down. Yep. They are going down and they're losing money. And it's like, well, how much am I just being rich fucking TV moguls and how much are they genuinely worried about the business of their station? I don't know. But they're worried about money. So, they're complaining. They're going, this fucking Leno is giving us terrible lead-ins. We're not getting anyone. And Leno's show is still sticking to a three-act format, which is act one is monologue, act two is some random comedy, and now they've got some guests, some stuff like that happening at the end. Still kind of in that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a board party. Right. But Leno has got awesome sketches. He's got awesome comedy that people love. He's got jaywalking and he's got a bunch of very classic sketches and uh, topics and scenarios that people love, right? So, the middle of the str- show was strong and then by the end, they were dropping off. So, the affiliates go, oh, what you do is you take the middle part, you put that at the end of the show because jaywalking is a really uh, popular segment. So, we'll tell them that that's coming and that'll force them to stay to the end of the show and therefore, they'll stay to the end of the show and we'll have a lead in for the news. Um, that didn't work. Nope. No, that so you had Jay's monologue, then you had iffy comedy sketch, iffy interview, iffy weird shit because they're trying to fill in. It was like a lot of stuff for them to fill too. Yeah. There was some. No, that was it. They couldn't have interviews. No, I think that was it. There was a lot of stuff. There was something on. they couldn't do. Right. They were changing the format a lot as well. Yeah. It was just like that show was also only seven months, right? So yes. So that was changing all the time because. They didn't want it to be exactly the Tonight Show, but at the same time, Shailene didn't really want to do something really, really different. So they were trying all these different things as well, segments with his cars and stuff like that, but these things didn't really pan out. And uh, so the news networks weren't happy because they didn't have enough people to watch the news. Advertising uh, sums were down. Everyone were unhappy. Sure. So they wanted something to change. And at the same time, that Shailene's show was like, having crappy numbers. The Tonight Show was experiencing loss in viewers as well because people were adapting to Conan as they were hoping or something like that. Like mm. they were hoping to see better numbers. Right. So Conan's down. Everything's down. Everything They're fucked with down. the formula and everything's down. Three, pretty mm. much had three hours worth of uh, crap for them in that mm. sense. It worked really well before. It's not working anymore. And it's very hard. So, because what they... The reason also, the, the Jay Leno show was one hour. And they couldn't... Yeah, there was a bunch, as we we're saying, a bunch of weird restrictions. Mm-hmm. that they, The stuff they couldn't put in the show because it'd be too much like Conan. So, we're not. So, that meant they were left to basically doing an hour of just like straight up comedy. Yep. Like sketches and the monologue and other things. Like they couldn't have guests and they couldn't do other sort of stuff. And... Uh, yeah, I'll read this part because this is talking about that, like how difficult it was to come up with an hour of comedy every night. Um, Debbie Vickers, who was the... Debbie Vickers is uh, Jay's stage manager and was responsible for hooking this up. A comedy hour ate up material like a ravenous beast. It seemed that every time Vickers looked up, more material they put on the schedule had already been used. As as much as she wanted to bail on some of these weak contributors' spots... So people would 
I, I don't know, contribute a script or do they'd have a segment, someone's out in the field or they've got basically people coming in doing comedy with them, right? But it wasn't that high quality. As much as she wanted to bail on some of these weak contributor spots, dropping them would start a chain reaction and by the next day, three acts would be missing. Jay couldn't physically fill up the whole hour on his own. As it was, the demands on him had escalated. Any bit of Jay, any bit Jay did outside the studio, so if he's recording some segment for the show on the streets, you know, some Vox Pop or Jay walking segment, any bit Jay did out the studio had to be shot during the spare minutes of his life. He had committed to performing just as many gigs around the country, 160 or so as he ever had, making no concessions for his increased workload on his primetime show. Bits inside the studio that involved Jay also demanded rehearsal time, further diversion from his primary mission, putting together 12 to 14 minutes of monologue daily. So, Jay is such an insane worker that he's now got a huge amount new workload with this hour-long show that he has to do, but he's not cutting down the number of live dates that he has to do. He doesn't give a fuck. No, no, no. Like like you said before, like he takes stand-up seriously and like he had, I mean, like 160 shows. I mean, that's a lot of freaking shows. 160 nights a year. Yeah. At this guy, not in the same place necessarily. Like could be yeah. moving around. Like as, as long as he's not working, he's probably moving around to the next place doing, that's basically going to be his life. Yeah. Every second day. Every, well, yeah. So what he'd probably be doing is the five nights of the Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they moved to four eventually, but five, the weekends, and then almost the full weeks that they're not doing the Tonight Show. Yeah, exactly. I mean, of course, you can't do <laughs> like a Tonight Show and then be at a comedy theater like 2,000 kilometers away. But uh, yeah, so that that was the core problem. Like this, like Con- uh, the Conan Show, the News and the Jay Leno Show weren't working together. Mm-hmm. And a large part of that was also like what we covered before is that they were attracting different uh, viewers, right? So mm-hmm. you had like Jay Leno viewers who also watched the news, but like the show wasn't popular enough for them to watch the news. And then you had a completely different demographic of people who watched the Conan show. These, these people didn't watch the news. So you had like a, it didn't work all together in a way that they hoped. Mm. And that really posed them a problem and, and they had to find a solution. So their idea was that, Hey, what we're going to do is we're still going to have like some sitcom before the news that worked before. Now, we're going to have the news at 11, like it's always been there. Mm. And at 11.30, instead of starting the Tonight Show, we're going to have the Jay Leno Show for half an hour. Moving everything back. Exactly. Yep. So the Jay Leno Show will be shorter. Mm. As they predicted, it will work better. It will just have the good parts and none of the crappy parts. Mm. And then right after that, you would have the Tonight Show. So it's, a, it's still the three shows, but they're organized in a different way. It's more concise. And on paper, it should have worked. Yeah, so that was their solution. That was that, the master plan. That was the master plan. And if all this, ladies and gentlemen, seems like a fucking melodrama, and it seems like why would they do that? Now they're moving here and moving there. It makes more sense when you read the book and you kind of read it step by step. If you go like, okay, what choice did this gentleman have now? Okay, he made that choice. Fine. What choice did he... And if you kind of like sit in their shoes a bit, then it makes a lot more sense how why they keep making seemingly fucked up mistakes. But some of this could not be seen as a mistake. So, the the five-year deal, right, that Mm -hmm. got them here. 
which was, hey, Conan, in five years, you're going to take out The Tonight Show. That, at the time, was seen as a masterstroke because if they didn't do that, the Conan, something was going to happen. Conan was going to walk or Leno was going to walk, which means money leaving. Exactly. So, the five-year deal, basically, it postponed Armageddon by five years, which is also valid strategy because they got five more years of sponsorship money. They live, live for five more years. So, a lot, time and time again in this book, they keep talking about like, yeah, we're solving this today and we're not answering that question until next week when we have to deal with that. But what about, no, 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 next week we'll answer that. And but then by the end of the five years, uh, what's also happening is this dude, Jeff Zucker, who was the, the orchestrator and the original guy who really, um, if it wasn't his original idea, he was the one who took the uh, responsibility for it. He's still making the shots. He's still making the calls. So he is also... Uh, Wanting to protect himself, it's in his best interest, of course, to let the five-year plan work. Not, not only he was an executive before, but by that time, mm. in like 2009, 2010, he had become the CEO of NBC. That's right. So he's now the CEO as well. So he mm. pulls the shots now, mm. and that was his plan. So there was no deviating from that plan. Mm. Like this is going to happen. That was the thing that got me here, and we're gonna stick to it. Like that's sort of like. There's a lot of like different timelines going on here at the moment, but I mean, like I said, Armageddon sort of happened in 2010 in January as well. Yeah. So we've got we've got Zucker, and he, yeah, so Zucker at the time yeah was considered great because he got five more. You, great, you've kept him. To, you kept the peace for five more years. That's something. That's a big thing. Um. But then, okay, so then the network though. This decision about moving, like you were talking about, the moving everything back. Mm -hmm. This decision comes from the network. And it doesn't come from Leno and it doesn't come from Conan. Obviously, it doesn't come from Conan. He fucking <laughs> hates it. Um, but it... And here's a, a line that I've got about it, um, about this exact scenario. Two prominent network employees were not consulted for input or ideas about this particular problem at NBC. Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien... No one at NBC thought it wise to tip either host that a high-speed train might be hurtling towards them. What sense did it make to spook them with all these still unsettled proposals? Wow. <laughs> so that whole thing, they're talking about moving, the, 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 as you said, back to there, pushing that back. So all of a sudden, Conan's going to be at 12.05. Leno and Conan don't know. And they are not part of of this discussion at this time directly it kind of it kind of makes sense you know i mean like the aftermath now makes a lot more sense to me i didn't know that fact that they okay. were kept in the dark for so long because like i was surprised by the fact when they found out like both of them found out in january 2010 uh and then it was from zero to 100 in two weeks like mm. at a point where they found out two weeks later, Conan was out. I mean, mm. before that, he already recorded his last show. But two weeks after that, they had agreed to uh, like leaving on terms that they both agreed upon, like the network and Conan, that is. Mm. It stuff does move so fast. 
Yeah. Um, I think when I, re- I think it took me longer to read than it probably actually happened. I read it slower than real time because I don't read that fast. I'm a bit of a dumb, I'm a dumb Aussie kid. Um, so going back to the contracts at that time. So the network's trying to work out, can we do this? We've got this idea. It's outrageous. We're just going to go back. And they go, can we do this? Um, uh, the One of the problems right now is that uh, so they start analyzing the contracts. Can we for- they start analyzing Conan's contract and Leno's contract? Can we move to make these moves? Um, Leno Leno's one could do it. Well, every contract is like, well, you can do whatever you want if they agree, right? Of course. So it sounds like something that Leno would want. So it's not a hard one to push through. But they need to consider this. So I talked about pay or play before, meaning, uh, you're either on the stage doing the show, or if you we tell you to sit out, then fucking you're sitting on the bench. You're gonna get paid, and everyone's gonna get paid. Don't worry about nothing. But you're sitting out because we say so. Leno had a pay and play. They could not take Jay Leno off the air. That was specifically written in when he was coming back to do the Jay Leno show because Jay went so fucking bananas <laughs> when he couldn't work. He went nuts because he couldn't for that seven months that he could, what at that time or when he thought that he wasn't going to be able to work. He went nuts. Sorry, not the seven months. So they got to pay and play meaning it meant so much to Jay Leno to be on the air that he wanted in contract that they could not take him off the air. And if they did, contract's off. He's a free fucking agent in that moment if they decide. So NBC has no choice but to keep that on the air. Now, Jay's show did have a time-based constraint. So Jay's, Jay's contract did have a, you're on at 10 p.m. Yep. However, this wasn't going to be a problem for Jay eventually. The difficulty comes with Conan's contract. Um, Conan's contract, and I'll, yeah, I'll read, in the deal Conan had signed to host tonight, the duration, three years, the salary, 12 million, was specified. All kinds of other details, sal- producer's salaries, head writer's salary, band size, other departments, all specified. Time period protection, protection was not specified not even remotely specified. The NBC lawyer had told the executive. As they broke it down for him, the only thing the operative the, the only thing the operative contract contained was boilerplate language about the show being scheduled at the network's discretion. So for some fucking reason, Conan's contract doesn't have time protection in it. And they never explain. That's never quite explained. Maybe it is, but I didn't see that bit. No, I it wasn't, and like I said before, I think one of the reasons was that he was supposed to be the host of the Tonight Show, and it had been on for sixty years at eleven thirty, and I don't think it even would have made sense to like consider the possibility that that time slot might get changed. I I agree with you if it was Conan O'Brien sitting down himself going yeah. through a legal contract, but there are still lawyers in the middle. There are still Hollywood contract lawyers, like true. If this is in every other late night dude's deal, yeah. how come not? It's just who fucked up? Like maybe, M- like you know, was NBC trying to slip this through? I mean, there's something they never quite explore. Like, True. why did this not? Not only the Con- why did Conan agree? Why did this not get through? And why did it was in the first place? Was there some greater maneuver that they? 
some more chess pieces had been thought a few moves ahead by some of these NBC executives. They're like, if we just leave that off and we fucking don't say anything about it, maybe they'll never notice that we haven't put a time constraint on The Tonight Show. I don't know. Quite possibly. I mean, yeah. I mean, for them, for NBC, that's a way better contract to have, right? Because like you don't, you just promised the show, not the time slot. Hmm. So yeah, I guess their lawyers, yeah. NBC's lawyers, would always be trying to push the boundary, as all lawyers do. This this deal, and they fucking go back and forth for twenty years on all the the things. Uh, yeah. For some anyway, for some reason, Conan's one hasn't got that. Yeah. Which means that NBC are in the clear to uh to move the show. Yep. They have uh legal department says hundred percent go for it. We're behind you. Yep. And Leno goes, oh, I like fucking eleven thirty, sure. So it's not a problem for him to move his time. Yeah, he's used to that. Right. That's where he years. wants to be. <laughs> he wants to tell jokes at eleven thirty. Exactly. So that's the and so that, ladies and gentlemen, that brings it back around. That's the explanation. How Jay Leno fucked over, you know, this idea that we think that Jay Leno came along and took that back from 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 Conan, right? So that that was what we just basically described. But yeah. the reality of it was Conan had the show, and then then all of a sudden Jay is in the spot instead, and that's why I think there's loads more to it. There's all the executives and their movings and motivations, and I do think Jay thinks carefully and strategically about all this stuff to what level i don't know but i do think he thinks about it but you know was he this dude who just rolled through and said now i want that back give it to me no jay would never be that direct at least he's not that straightforwardly stabbing someone in the back if he indeed he did this is what we're trying to say like yeah i'm trying to present the other side that i think there it's not all jay no, I mean, like, you have to keep in mind that he wanted to do primetime TV. He wanted to be mm. telling jokes at 11.30. That's all he ever wanted to do. And it was his, in his best interest to get that spot back. I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, if that was presented to him, he was super happy about it, of course. I mean, that's that's all he really wanted to do. And mm. that show format was even better for him. It was half an hour. And so Jay's gone, all right, boss, I'll do what you tell me, boss. You're going to tell me to retire. Oh, but I still want to work. So I'm going to go to another network. Oh, you give me this show. Cool. I'll work for you, yeah. boss. That formula's not working. I get it. Boss, we need to change. Yeah, I need to move back. Need to move back. Oh, you're telling me uh, You're telling me that's the right thing that you think is the right thing for the mainstreaming of the audience? Aye, aye. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that's kind of Leno. Because then I was watching, if you, if you got all the time as well, Rogan did an interview with Leno. And I loved it. It was a super fascinating one. Not just because I have a boner for Rogan, right? But just because it was... Because uh, Leno was almost like two different people. When he's talking about the business and all that stuff, he seems slick. Yeah. And it's very hard to understand and really empathize with Jay Leno. You, you're watching it. I thought like, yeah. okay, this is two and a half fucking hours of Rogan. This is what we do. We watch it and we get some idea of the person. We didn't get an idea of what's mm -hmm. really inside of Jay Leno. His stories are really smooth and yeah. they're really good, but he is one of the best communicators in the world. So, of course, even his off-the-cuff stories are going to sound pretty fucking good because he's just such an expert communicator. But I found myself like questioning when was he being genuine 
And when was this a pre-prepared story? Because I think he's that good. I think that his off-the-cuff head thing, genuine, could actually... Maybe he's just so good it all comes out sounding like a newscaster. Yeah. Maybe he's just... Jay's got that programmed. He's been doing it for 17 years at primetime, right? Like, he... The, like, both of those guys, Conan and Jay Leno, they're really, really good talkers, right? Mm. You give them a microphone, they fill it up, and they have incredible stories. They've been in show business for so long. So, whatever interview you have, they have really really interesting stories to like bounce back on or like not bounce back on but just like to substitute the real question with right so you can always bring in an interesting tag oh you know what happened like 15 years ago with this and this guy right and everyone wants to listen to that and they're bound to have told them many times before that's the bit that i couldn't reconcile because fair enough jay leno he's a celebrity so he's always going on the shows and the interviews and stuff so of course he's told the story so maybe he doesn't actually have you know we can't have all these revelations on rogan if he's been doing interviews straight for the last 17 years so i kind of had a bit of a problem to separate what's the real genuine opening up leno and what's the leno that's kind of just said that many times before but but when leno talked about stand-up it was great he is so clever. I mean, he's one of still one of the best stand-ups in the world. And he knows the shit. Like, quite, he's quite academic and, you know, logical about the way he looks at it, which is his style. Set up punchline, boom, boom, boom. The rhythm, the, the mechanicalness of it, which he loves, that one to the next thing. So, yeah, but when he talks about stand-up, it's great. He's really into the theory and it's like I, I really learned a lot from listening to him. And then you feel like you're getting a little bit of the real person through the filter of like, he's just talking about some theory of stand-up. But then he switches back to his life and it sounds a bit like slick again. Yeah. And I don't mean slick because that could just be him. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, with that broadcasting thing. Um, interesting too. I mean, they can shelter whatever they want. Like if, if you're good with them, like if you're a good interviewer or interviewee, then you can really like curate whatever is going to happen, right? And I think that's what happened there as well. I think a really good, like on the opposite, if you want to see a really raw side of Conan, there's a documentary about him. And the documentary is like, I can't, can't stop, won't stop. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. yes exactly. And that sort of covers the period when he got fired from the uh, Tonight Show and before he started his Conan show. So he was doing the tour that we mentioned before. And that sort of follows him during that tour. And you can really see a raw side of Conan and how weird somebody is right i mean like you need to be weird to be in hollywood you need to be you need to have your sides to be in show business and you can really see the personality behind it like, of course it's during a tour of 46 cities or 45 cities but it's it's pretty raw i would say it this way yeah he is because it's that that sentimentality yeah. that he had for so many years i need the tonight show and yeah. that he he seems to have, oh my God, this sounds terrible. He seems to have that like soft soul of an artist Yeah. that he keeps making these decisions. Uh, I, had, I, had, I had a fucking perfect note for this a long time ago, but it's gone. But he keeps making these decisions. Like I've got all these like lines from him about like when uh, the meeting, a dude called Jeff Gaspin had to go in and have a meeting with Jay, uh, sorry, with Conan and his producer, Jeff Ross and tell them. And... You know, Conan, he says like, so he has to sit there and he's telling him, Conan, we're going to, we think you want to move you. Conan remained totally calm, totally professional, which impressed both Gaspin 
and grab off the two executives. However, still keeping his eyes averted, Conan responded, I completely understand the difficult position you're in. But, as, but he began to lay out his case. He laid out his case as if someone had told you six years ago what he was going to do, and then you based all of your actions off that promise. And then he turned around and reneged on that promise. Like, that's how he saw it. That's how yeah. he, the, these TV executives and their deal and their contracts. But it was like this solemn word to Conan, this thing that he could never quite, this sentimentality. I'm not saying you should be sentimental, everybody. Fuck that, you know. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's, I mean, if you, if you want to learn more about Conan, I highly suggest that documentary and just to give you an mm. insight what it looks like. If you've ever seen the documentary on Netflix, that's Jim and Andy about uh, Jimmy. Mm, I can't say now. Uh, but anyway, it's, uh, you can really see the, the artistic side of Jim Carrey there, right? And you can mm. see like how he really gets into the role of Andy and how weird he gets and becomes and all that. And I could really draw a line there with Conan as well, how weird he is. Like during the tour, how re how weird he is about his that show about being an artist and having that personality and having like clashes in his head, like just he doesn't know what to do. He just wants to be on stage. He just wants to be in front of people. And he does whatever he can to do that. He leaves SNL. He leaves Lorne Michaels, the most influential person in the industry, and says, yes. sorry, Lorne, I don't want to write for your best show ever in the universe. Yeah. I just think I've got to go do something else. Oh, my God. Writing for The Simpsons. Matt Groening talking about how he's one of the only people he's seen who can entertain a bunch of room of fucking sad writers. Like comedy, like ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever seen a comedy backstage, you think it's hilarious. You think it's all high-fived. It's a fucking death sentence sometimes. <laughs> We're sitting backstage. It's grave. We're all anxious and nervous. Like, yeah. Imagine a, a room of comedy writers sitting around, all these dudes in LA writing. Oh, this does not necessarily, you know, you're eating bagels all day and it's not soda. This is not necessarily a good environment, but Conan always had the way. Grown known about that. He would always make them laugh. Um, yeah, there's all these ideas about, like these quotes about Conan in that same thing from before. As Conan saw it, Gaspin, the executive, was in over his head. He simply didn't get what he was doing here. He acted as though late night shows were just a few board pieces to be moved around. Conan pictured Gaspin as a guy who walked into an atomic bomb factory, but had never been in one before and just started swinging around a wrench. The art, he's so about the art of it all. Yeah. No, like, I I really, I was really surprised the first, I've, I watched that documentary twice now, I watched mm -hmm. it again for this episode as well. And it's just, I don't know that much about Jay Leno, just I haven't seen anything that raw about him, but I could really see the artistic side of Conan and... Mm -hmm. And if you ever have watched a documentary about an artist, it's never a beautiful one. It's, it's, it's never a really pretty sight to see. And it's yeah. exactly the same story there because you have such highs and you have such lows. And you can really see the struggle there because he's, he's, he has just left his dream job. Or like he's just for, been forced out of his dream job. He doesn't really know what his future is going to be like. And he, all he knows is that I have 45 shows to do. <laughs> And he sold most of the shows out before he had even figured out what's going to happen on the stage. Hmm. 
So it's a pretty, really interesting struggle to see uh, um, a man of like, let's say this power and fame struggling just to find what he really wants to do. I think that's a big part that the book goes over talking about the, the Jeff Ross, who was his producer for, for all those years, uh, all through Late Night and then Tonight. The way that as that producer, he's also Conan's sort of closest friend, associate, and has to always, Conan was prone to depression and prone to the bouts of being down and lacking motivation sometimes and the kind of that ups and downs that a really emotional artist would have. Um, and he was always there to kind of pull him back out of that and he needed to, you know, Conan needed him just as much to kind of pull him back out and uh, when he was feeling down because he was so uh, so touchy and so emotional yeah. and would be, would be affected by things. I think that's really hard for uh, those sort of artistic people to work in the industry because they, yeah, will sort of just sort of artificially shun uh, the business. They, they find it easier to live in their own world and shun that out. And uh, yeah, it's, it's always going to be a tough one. Like although we're talking about before that why any good agent would get you one more dollar than the comp competitor. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like, no, my contract and my, my guy absolutely has to get more money than the competitor at the same time. Why? Who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's just the... And does the artist really give a shit about that side of it? Um, at one stage, Conan does say that, like, he tries to distance him. When he does have strong representation that's out there pushing him very strongly, um, he does... He sort of even distances himself from that and sort of he quotes one time, he says, I, they're just Rottweilers that I hire. They're just dogs, not dogs, but they're just Rottweilers that I hire and they don't necessarily reflect who I am. Um, they, they're going out there to do a job, but I still am being reasonable. But I guess he, I guess that's how Conan would see all lawyers. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of how we're... I mean, it's really hard to imagine that position as well. If, if, if you need to work with so many people and you need to trust them, even though you don't really have any relationship with them, right? You have all these people that are so, sort of representing you or like representing your wishes without really understanding you or like, I don't know, I, I would never feel comfortable with having like lawyers or like, it would, it would be really hard for me to trust somebody with this influential thing, right? Just to have so many people decide for you. I think that's the... The tough thing though, and this is like the purpose of our podcast is artist management. Like you want to eventually find that you've got someone you do trust. Yeah. Like that you have someone next to you that you trust to make those decisions, who knows you. And for Conan, uh, it seems to be Jeff Ross, who yeah. is producer because so he's come up through SNL and he doesn't, I mean, he's got some management working for him. Um, it's not like he's never had managers, but it's like when do you have that really close one that you bond with who you're going to be with for a long time. And Jeff Ross is not even a manager, but they act a little bit protective of him and yeah. like a manager should. And you know, ideally, that manager knows you enough to know that whatever you want, and I know that you want the less deal, but you want this and it's not a problem for me. This can be a problem for these guys because they're getting like cuts, but their cuts are in the millions. Of course. So this is, hey, listen to your client, but you're going to get half a million extra or less. Yeah. No, but the thing is, like, I don't even think the problem is with the manager per se. It's just the problem when the group gets really, really big. So the manager now has people working for him as well to manage that same contract. And you feel like 
it's getting a little bit out of hand. In the documentary, you can see as well, like at, there are points during his tour that is really pissed off at Chef, just because mm. there were like shows that he had to do he didn't know about, some side events. He had to do so much extra, and then he never really got the information. He got that from some assistants, all that, and all of a sudden he felt like he's given like the short end of the stick. He's just like having to do so much without really anyone thinking about him, mm-hmm. and and because Jeff wasn't there at the time as well, so he was sort of ranting at Jeff. But you can really see that you know he has a really trusting relationship with him, but not with other members of the whole production not mm. as much at least right so right so it's difficult for him to delegate and to leave that because jeff's been there since late night yeah. right that was it was basically lawn michaels going conan you jeff ross you go and make a late night show yeah because that's yeah kind of how it worked exactly. back then um right so they've been through the trenches together and i think that's the big like yeah, getting the manager like can come in the one of two ways. Either the one that rises up with you through the trenches, uh, so you've got the war stories and you've built up together, or the manager that comes along later. And you can have different managers, different stages of your life. Um, but also keeping in mind, there uh, in America they break down the idea of manager and agent. Yeah. And so in America, you're you've got a manager who sits next to you. And then you've got an agent who gets you TV work, an agent who gets you books, an agent who gets you the acting work. So those guys come and go. Yeah. And those guys are often what you, the attack dogs, like getting out there, getting the big deal. And if there's some difficult part of negotiations, it'll get back to your manager. But that you was not like the it's not like the star is there arguing every day um, for that. Or eventually the manager might then go back to the star and go look. Here's where, here's where I got us to. All right, I got, I got 40 million. <laughs> I got the expenses. You get this control over that, blah, blah, blah. But you got to do this and it's got to be this many nights. And then, then this person gets 50% creative control. What do you think about that? And I guess the idea is when you go back to your client, you've got it as close as possible because you don't want to keep fucking around, right? So you've kind of already been talking to them. What do you want? All right, I got this for you. Do you, do you want all that stuff? And then it's not really like, I guess... Uh, the star is going through it line by line. I don't know. Maybe, actually, maybe. What the fuck do I know? Maybe. I don't. I, maybe I, fucking I Conan gets a contract out. I wouldn't fucking know. I wouldn't be surprised if some of them do. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. It's. I think it's really individual. But yeah. Uh, so, all right. I, I guess we are like kind of coming to the end, and I wanted to end it. There's this great wrap-up piece in the book by Jerry Seinfeld. Well, it's just one more thing. Oh, what have we done? What have we done? He told no, 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 yeah. no, no. Like, one more thing. So. So we've talked about that 40 million for a while now, right? And that was just, if he doesn't get to do the show, he ha- if he has to leave, he's going to be compensated. Oh, right. Him. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to that. That's a good one. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, how that works. Yeah, let's go. You go. So in, there was a lot of like discussions around that. Some, that's why the whole fiasco in 2010 dragged out for two weeks because uh, <laughs> the network didn't want to pay that much. Uh, Conan wanted more money, all that. Mm. And... During that time, he was still doing the night show. He was still live, and every night he was just bashing. He was just destroying the NBC. He was just not. He wasn't happy about it, and he it just made it like public as well, mm. and uh, and that gave him leverage, uh, leverage that he turned into extra five million on that sum. So he, what he told them was like, "Hey, you can let me go for forty, and I'm just gonna keep destroying you. I'm just gonna. It's gonna be my core mission just to bring that station down." Or are we going to do 45 and I'm sort of letting it go almost, right? 
And like, and when we say 45, like he ended up getting the 45, but he didn't get the 45 himself. So mm. actually, I think it was 12 million of that went to the whole supportive cast. And it was like 80 people that moved uh, with him from New York to LA to mm. do the show there because the because he was doing his previous show in New York, right? Mm. And he wanted the same supportive people, like the everything from cameraman to freaking assistants on the set to be the same. So everyone moved from New York to LA and that 12 million was divided among these people. Right. So you got taxes probably came out of that. Yeah. Taxes after that. And then, yeah. So like thirds or something like that. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That he gets of that payout. Yeah. All of them, all in fairness, all of the uh, late night presenters that they talk about in the book, all treat their staff very fairly. Um, you've got stuff like uh, the writer's strike. So the writer's strike was a really big thing in the middle of late night. Uh, I forget when it was, the mid-2000s, I'm trying to think. God, I can't remember. But basically what it means is that because the writers are part of a union and they're like, we don't get paid enough. We're going on strike. And so what that means is that late night shows can't happen because all their writers are on strike. And this presents a real fucking problem for the network because uh, they still have sponsor money and they still got to sell those ads and you need content, mate. So what you going to do? And the hosts are not covered by this union. So the hosts can go out there. But there's only so much that a host can come up with. So they worked on... So the hosts went out there and uh, they would do a monologue the best they could. They would try to do all these weird segments. In those time, whatever that few weeks was that that was happening. I forget how long it was now. Two weeks. Two weeks. Like they were basically all interviewing each other every night. It was just like Kimmel talking to Leno, talking to them just so they could get content to keep on the air. But all those guys were still paying the salaries and they were paying them out of their own pocket yeah. because um, going on the air as the... it's a, the, the way that it's viewed in America, the hosts going on the air during a strike is a little bit iffy. Mm-hmm. Like the hosts respect the writers, but they also kind of get this whole massive machine and they're in the middle and it's sort of accepted that the host can still go on the air and then the host can do whatever they want, but there's absolutely no writers behind them to sort of fight because otherwise it would just cripple. That would just be an unimaginable crippling, crippling situation that wouldn't get anywhere for anyone. So what usually happens though in those strikes is the hosts then pay for the staff, pay the fees to support them and, and pay for their time when they're on strike and they're not working so they're not getting paid. Um and everybody, and Jay does that. And, and again, in fairness to Leno, he constantly asks, like with every deal that goes through, hey, you're going to put me at 10 o'clock. Hey, you're going to put me at 11.30. Every time it said, and will my staff get covered? And every time it's like, yes, always. You know, if I'm not on the air, do my staff get paid? Yes, they do. Yes, like that's in every deal, every time. Um, so these guys do seem to take that into great consideration, I think. It, it really does and uh, I mean even though referencing back to the documentary they don't it's a really weird dynamic that goes on within that group but it works uh, you can I mean you can see in that documentary you see like Conan hitting people and forcing people to talk into bananas and like just like I mean just Conan stuff right and but at the same time they're all into it and they're doing it and it does seem hostile at times but I, I mean that's just show business, right? I mean, it's it's there's so much stress in 
especially if you have to do a show every night. Oh my god, I can't. Yeah, yeah. It it really. I mean, more often than not, it's just the show comes together like a couple minutes before you go on air, right?、Mm-hmm. And you have to still remember what's going to happen and what's going what's going down this show. And the whole day you're working just to get this one hour out there, and it's not easy. No, it must be incredible and huge staff to make、yeah. that happen. Not only the writers, but all the support staff, cameramen, as you say, technical people have to do their thing all day, every day. Yeah, the, I mean the cast. Like, it's not a cast, but just the team、hmm. behind the show is massive. Sure. So that's always a consideration. Like, yeah, yeah. half the payment could be to support the staff as well as、yeah. another twelve million to look after everybody as well,、yeah. which goes along with having that show. You can't、yeah. have that show unless you do that. Um. Yeah. Just quickly before we end. Yeah. yeah that's so now we're past that already. Eight years when that whole fiasco happened, Jay Leno、uh-huh. took over. He retired a couple years later again. Now we have Jimmy Fallon right doing the Tonight Show. Oh right, yes. But at the moment, who do you believe to be the best? Let's say late night, late night dish、uh, TV show. I have no idea. I don't really watch. Oh, I mean, okay. Actually, I lie. What do I do? I, so I don't watch. I watch clips like we yeah, talked about before. Exactly. So I watch Seth Meyers. Okay. I just love it. It's just so straight up late night. It's just, and he delivers his monologue behind the desk,、uh, and he's got the graphic, and I love they play with that, and I, I I just really like the style of that show. So he's not, yeah. Um, oh yeah, here's the other thing that I was so after so Conan gives the big fuck you、mm-hmm. and says NBC I am not continuing on gets the payout goes on the legally can't go on tour and then it's like Conan what you gonna do next what's up、yeah. and so he's getting offers obviously Fox and NBC and everyone's giving him an offer and he doesn't know what to do but he doesn't like and all this and he's thinking about. Well, that thing that I said about Letterman—that when he went to CBS, you kind of packed it up, like you make your own production company and you sell that in. You get complete creative control, and you get a contract that says you own everything, and no one can tell you fucking squat. No one can take you off the air. No nothing, and、um, no one would give him quite all the terms because he was a bit broken goods, a little bit at that time. He'd basically. To the industry, he'd had a show with failing ratings. They tried to shift things around to shift it up and make it better, and he'd walked off and gone, "Nah, I'm not doing that." So they've got this in. So that's why he fields an offer. Then it almost wasn't even because there's like only, there's the top level players, your ABC,、uh, your NBC, your CBS,、uh, and a few other of the big ones, right? And then there are other smaller channels. And there was this. The thing about America is that everyone's got a cable box. Yep. And so everyone's got what they call cable with all the channels. And then there's basic cable, and then there's premium subscriptions and all that kind of shit. Like you got on TV, right? But there's this channel TBS that was a basic cable channel that had tons of money for some reason. Something that was doing. One of its, I don't know, in that family, something they were doing was like really popular, weirdly, and they had tons of fucking money. They were a little bit old, a bit fuddy-duddy, but had money. Were on basic cable, so they were on everybody's box, and that's what Conan says attracted him to TBS. That he could get the deal that he wanted, and that he had the access to everybody's living room.、Um, and that I thought was very smart because, oh, Conan, oh, he's just on. I, I just got to use my remote. I'm a fat American fuck. 
but uh, I think I can handle using the remote. And then all of a sudden, you're still watching Conan. So it was almost like Conan understood at this moment, this inkling of like, channels do not matter anymore. These things, uh, we, we're kind of moving beyond that. Yeah. And interestingly, during the documentary that I've been referencing now for like five times already, I think. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good watch. Just it, it captures the whole like uh, absurdity that was going on at the time. First time they started doing the contract talks there or when they were discussing it on camera there during the documentary, he said, I'm not going to do it on DBS. <laughs> that was like, but that was really, really early. That was in April, right? Mm. So that was right, pretty much right, like two months after. Oh, it's like going to a piece of shit station. Yeah, yeah. It's like going to a terrible station. Yeah. And yeah, like it's just like, it's like a total demotion. Yeah. But yeah, at the moment we have new stars and and the show business goes on. Right. Yeah. But yeah, they eventually considered, I think there's something to that. I think that's like kind of a cool idea to say like, hey, I'm going to go to a smaller station and uh, build it up. Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of cool. Like, if someone, like, if you were, let's say, someone who wanted to be in the, the music industry or a DJ or on-air announcer or a broadcaster or something like that, there's a lot to be said to uh, go into a, a smaller station and then going, all right, I'm going to take their fucking drive time spot because I can do that here. I'm going to fucking kick ass yeah. and I'm going to take these guys from 13th up to 7th <laughs> yeah. or, or something. All right, yeah, there's only... And and that's going to be my output, and I'm going to do that deliberately rather than attack the big station. I'm going to prove my worth because exactly because if you do that, then all of a sudden you start talking about, well, look how many sponsors I attract. When I come onto your station, I'm gonna these these people have already been sponsoring and they're on my show and they love putting ads on my show because all the cool people listen to my show. So I bet you those sponsors will want to move with me. I don't know if Estonia is so cutthroat like that, but that would be... I think there's still a theory to that. Go fucking work in the Tartal Radio for a while, right? Yeah, absolutely. Work on that or some shit, right? Go down there, drink beers in the park, work on Tartal Radio, get your numbers up, make a big thing out of that. Yeah, I mean, it works everywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter even in the business. I mean, if you can make it in a small end and then you can scale it up. If you have a proven concept and then you just pour money onto it and can make it scale, then it needs to work. But it needs to work already in a smaller place as well, right? Yeah. Learn your shit. Go away. Learn your shit for a little bit. Do a little yeah. kung fu off yeah. in the mountains, getting trained by sensei. Yeah. That shit ain't so bad either. You know, little, oh, sensei yeah. master. Exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> if you become a stand-up comedian, you, you're not going to do your hour as the first thing. I mean, if you become a proper stand-up comedian, you don't do your hour <laughs> as the first thing. Uh, you do. You go do open mics at Duke's Cake. Oh, my God. You know, so what happened last night at, at Porosas Cotis show okay. was that it was Sanders' turn to do it. So Porosas Cotis is the format where the audience doesn't know what solo show they're going to get. We only know we've had ones up until now. And last night was Sander. And they didn't know it was Sander until they got into the room. And then Carlos, the host, said, Okay, and who saw Sander's number three show? And like 80% of the room clapped. And like, they were good claps. And uh, Sander, and this is why he's such a motherfucker. He, I'm sure he prepared this already, but he basically instead turned around and did the preview of his next hour. Ah, So he previewed the fourth show. So he's like, Oh, won't do that hour. I'll do this hour instead. And uh, it was pretty cool to watch, to see yeah. him do that. And uh, to he was in that situation mm-hmm. and he had to like think and like... Zink, zink, and I know he's, he's a smart guy. I know he saw it coming. But still, all of a sudden, you're in that moment, right? I can't be on autopilot. But I'm going to do this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was super interesting to see him turn around real fast. 
Yeah, and I mean, he's an artist and then like he wants to please the crowd. That's all he wants to do. And he realized that oh. doing the same stuff again for an hour is not going to do the trick. So, yeah, the, pro- the people probably would have got with it because I think they, I think they would have got with it. But because I mean, it's a funny hour, yeah. and uh, you don't remember everything. If you watch one stand-up live, you don't remember quite everything. But I think they would have gone with it because that was the concept of the show. Like they kind of probably got what they were getting for. But it was very nice that Sander would do that. No, definitely. I mean, like I, I I've seen Sander's show three times. <laughs> like. I mean, I went in as a comedy nerd, and that's why I, I just wanted to see how he changed it every time. And uh, he didn't. <laughs> he was really, <laughs> no, no, but like you yeah, know, no, it's the, good. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. core concept was the same, and yeah. like, for me, that's amazing. Sure. I'm gonna. F- I want to finish up because I just love this end of the book because it's by Seinfeld. They've got a, a kind of a wrap up from Seinfeld of his thoughts of the situation. What does Jerry Seinfeld think of all this Conan Leno fucking drama and all that, and Conan being fucked over and how Leno manipulated around him and all that. And Seinfeld is just, he doesn't defend Leno, but he defends show business. And yeah, he's saying, everyone in the business pointed out, I'm doing the Tonight Show. No one in the business pointed out they're doing the Tonight Show. Instead, they all said, I'm doing Jay, I'm doing Dave, I'm doing Conan. Seinfeld found himself astonished at the the psychotic bloodletting that had been taking place. I don't really understand why they were so offended, Jerry said. Jay's show isn't working. Your show isn't working. How about a new idea? To me, when I see the numbers those two guys are getting, yeah, it's time to sit down at the ideas table. Half hour is a half hour, no matter where it goes. It goes by 48 times a day. Who cares where it is? Now it sounds like some sort of routine. I think it's sort of kind of written to sound a little bit like that. You go. Seinfeld goes on. There is no tradition. There is no tradition. Maybe there's no tradition. Conan has been <laughs> doing an offensive accent. This is okay. Seinfeld finishes. Conan has been on television for 16 years. At that point, you should get it. There are no shows. It's all made up. The TV show is just a card that somebody printed the words on. He's fucking got a point at the end of all of this. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. What do you think at the end? What did Conan stick it out too far? I I like the fact that he quit. Uh, I I mean I think it's uh it's so weird that he did, but in a way that the Tonight Show is still on at eleven thirty, and that has never changed. So until this day, Tonight Show is at eleven thirty, and that part is nice. Uh, I think the Conan show is better than. The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're all doing fine at the moment. Nobody really lost anything mm. with that. I mean, only NBC. I mean, a lot of credit <laughs> and like a lot of executives lost their jobs over this fiasco. <laughs> but I think it worked out best for all of them. And now Conan can create his own legacy. Uh, Jay Leno has his legacy that in many ways he's sort of dampened with it. Mm. But uh, I don't know. It's everyone's own decision. So I think it's really... Either you're a Jay Walker or you're Team Coco. And then, I mean, because <laughs> it was seen, it was seen as a huge generational thing. Like it was yeah. seen as a metaphor. It was there a pop were culture. Protests thing. out there. Like <laughs> people were saying that Jay Leno should leave and Conan should stay, and vice versa as well. People came on the streets of LA in front of NBC, and they were having active protests. Like that's how absurd it got. That's so absurd. It's just about numbers. It's just yeah. ratings and sponsors, and 
I feel a bit like that. I don't have some emotional connection to TV. I'm not all like, oh, I've got to be on that show or yeah. something. I, I mean, I just I like I kind of people it. who can it. make a can make a can take a stand mm. and really go through with it. And that's the thing that I respected about Conan throughout this thing. He was like, I'm not. We're not doing this. This is not what I wanted to do. He respected the show too much, and he sort of like took a step back, almost just saying that I wanted to do this show. This show was always on at 11.30. It's not going to be the same thing. I'm not going to do it this way. And that part I respect of it. And that part I really respect. So I think in that sense, I lean more towards like uh, Conan uh, when I have to give an overview. But I think it's childish, <laughs> nevertheless. I keep bringing it back to... Conan was promised The Tonight Show and he got The Tonight Show. Then he got a, I think it was a three-year deal or something. Yeah. It was a three-year deal yeah. at first. And so with these guarantees, there was a guarantee, sorry, but the guarantee was that you would get two years. Okay. That you would, we're at least going to give you two years before we do something. And then Conan goes, oh, okay, I can deal with that. And then all of a sudden it gets, he gets banged over the head because he hasn't seen it coming because I didn't talk to him about that. That's that scene with Jeff Gaspin in the office sitting down, um, and Conan gets banged over the head with this now and says, it's been seven months, not two years. You didn't give us the time. We needed the time. We need to grow this. And I think the NBC executives get that on one level because, well, at least Jeff Zucker back in the day going, hey, we got to change these guys over. At least some idea of like, yeah. you need to have a path of ascension. You need to, because if you don't look after your stars, star is like any artist if you don't look after them and feel their ego and their needs and their career path they're gonna fucking walk on you so he had been trying to do that from the beginning but uh you know conan's like um sorry yeah so so conan's so disappointed but it's just seven months but then there's the nbc executives going but we're running out of money Mm -hmm. and this is where it's like well how much can the how much can they afford to lose how much should they lose You've got Jay Leno peeking out at fucking 80 million of income per year or some crazy ass shit like that. How do you pass the baton off to someone else without that dipping down? Because that, even that dips down like five fucking 10 million. This is, this is not chump change we're talking about here. People are going to start complaining. No, of course. I mean, the industry was changing. But yeah. one thing that we didn't point out, the thing was that the NBC actually wanted to keep Conan because of the thing that he attracted young people mm-hmm. to watch but his contract was cheaper to buy out in the end than Jay Leno's yeah sure because that was 120 million yes against 40 million and that's what it really came down to because Conan and Brian was bringing them in more money even though it was less viewers but it was more money and they, were, they saw a brighter future there mm. yeah it's but they were still trying to avoid well okay then they were down to the what to do because still trying to stop Leno from walking as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there were so many things going on at once. It was a, it was a really crappy situation to be in. And I don't think there were too many options of it ending it well. So at least we got a couple hours out of it. Oh my Uh, God, we did. I have, oh my God, this is, this is the one where we, you really deserve, you got the two hours and 22 minutes again of us doing this. Um, that's a nerd show as well. Yeah, I wonder how long. And again, yeah, we're really happy if you just listen to a bit of it. I guess if you don't listen to a bit of it, you didn't get this long. Uh, you're not listening to this. Yeah, but I mean... These are our experiments, guys. Um, I just feel happy that we can experiment like this. Like, we get a bunch of people listening. I'm really like, you can listen to 20 minutes. If you're not into that, cool. Like, right on. Yeah. Um, 
but hopefully it keeps growing and we're just here to practice this and this is our open mic at the end of the day you're the artist here right? <laughs> i mean you want to experiment you want to find your way and uh hey i'm fine with that i mean that story i had read about it before i'm mm -hmm. happy that you brought it up again because like i got into it i got way into it as well because uh, it's it's really 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 strange and the whole timelines the personalities the people involved the money involved there's a lot going on there this it's like a movie almost, almost waiting to be made right which makes me think Kasper, we may have chosen the most difficult book possibly to do for the first one oh. we may have chosen a far too complicated story we could do like two hours on jay leno two hours on conan two hours on nbc I just love the story of it. And then finally yeah. we're in this going, oh shit, there's so many intertwining bits that we need to explain. Yeah, I feel and like back it through. I feel like we should stop and now record it again and then put a timeline on so it will be easier to follow. Just <laughs> we're like, going to re-edit this. <laughs> just like, I think we would have had timeline from the get-go. Maybe it would have made more sense. But, sure. but at the end of the day, it's a really, really interesting story. And and uh, if, if we got people to maybe look into it more, read more about it, watch a few documentaries. I mean, that's just good. Yeah, learn something about the biz. I mean, they're good guys, right? Conan's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, maybe next time we're going to try and pick a, someone's life or something and they're not such a crazy complicated life. Like we can just put, pick like three instances from their life and discuss that instead. Now we've had two major stars, a whole bunch of intertwining characters, events over certain years, explaining a whole industry to these people as well. I'm thinking like, no wonder I've been stressed as fuck trying to think of this book report and then thinking, well, how will you make a book report interesting, Lewis? But it, it all comes down, everyone, because I love Jocko Willink and Jocko Willink uh, of Jocko's podcast does this a lot. He's an ex-Navy SEAL with an awesome podcast and he's always talking about books of war and I listened to this and, and what lessons you can learn from famous battles and famous army dudes and apply that to life and shit. And uh, I love the way he reviews books. And I thought, I'll do that. Let's try that. <laughs> All right. And now we're two and a half hours later, deep into Conan, weeks into Conan O'Brien's life. Yeah. Oh, shit, dude. We're going to, okay. So, uh, Porto Sascotis has just started tonight. Uh, Raulno and Roger are on. Oh, shit. It's their night. So, I'll probably wander over there. What are you going to do now? Uh, I think I'm gonna write a bit, and then we have an open mic later tonight. Oh fuck! Yeah, we've got Ooks Quake. Yeah. Oh shit! I gotta write some new stuff for it. Shit! Do we make an event for that? Better yeah. go. Sorry. I think we do have an. I don't know if the public page. At least. Right. Yeah, we've picture. got that one. Better go do some work. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening again, and I appreciate that. See you guys. <laughs>